Hello and welcome to Founders Unplugged. I am your host, Greg McCallum, also known as the Pay As You Scale Commercial Advisor. Before we start, just wanted to let you know all these conversations are completely voluntary by the founders who are involved. So please give them some love. They're, they're very busy individuals and they're taking up to two hours out of their day to come and sit and chat with me about themselves, about their businesses and about all other kinds of stuff. Look in the uh, description uh, on whatever platform you're watching this and you will find links to them for their LinkedIn profiles and also the projects and the startups they're working on. So do go and check those out. And while you're at it, maybe give me a bit of love too. Um, I do this as something on the side to my main business. I run a company called ThinkWork. Um, and so if you're looking for any advice, I also do free uh, commercial advice um, for those for up to one hour. That job allows me to do this. Thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the episode. Please do um, show love and appreciation for them. And of course, for this episode, if you enjoy it, like it, subscribe, share. Without further ado, I've talked long enough. Enjoy the episode. Thank you. Bye-bye. Founders Unplugged, hosted by Greg McCallum. Yes, it was me. How's that? I can hear you now. Yes. Hey, brilliant. Okay, good. How's it going? Very well. Yeah. Um, well, you could say that. Although, you know, I'm sitting here's the inside talking, look, talking to you. I'm looking out my window and absolutely beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what annoys me the most about uh, techno technological advancements is is how we still haven't managed to master the outdoor screen. Yeah, or just glare reduction because I can yeah. just sit here quite happily talking to you, just like uh, just just um. But yeah, it would look really weird. So yeah, we to do so. So hundred percent. Just like I yeah. would love to have an office setup, like a temporary office setup for outside in the garden, but it's just yeah, I can't get anything done. I can't see a bloody thing. No nightmare. Um, someone yeah. needs to solve that problem. I think. It, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, 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 someone has solved it this week. Of, uh, you know, we're Friday the ninth of June's recording, and it's been all been about the Apple bloody glasses, hasn't it? So basically, just hiding us <laughs> from reality and having a camera that puts on for reality. There you go. Can you imagine when that turns into driving? Like you, <laughs> so the, the litigation problems of you're going to be driving your car, but not actually physically be, be able to see other than through your device. I yeah, mean, that, it's going to be point, a nightmare. Yeah, but at that point, the cars will be driving themselves, so it'd be all right. Okay, the, well, yeah. So I'm assuming I'm assuming which order the litigation risks went in, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which, yeah, is, yeah, which yeah, is a bold yeah. assumption that may not be true. Yeah, we yeah. may just skip, we may just skip that part and decide we're quite happy to um, sue, sue the sue the automator. Yeah, or does um, not go but, anywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other thing because it's like, yeah, if, if you can just put these glasses on and, get, and not go anywhere, why would you? We end up in the oasis. Yeah. Have, have you seen Ready Player One? Or I Ready have. Ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just yeah. end up with like a, a commuting simulator. Yes, know, exactly. To, to reminisce about about the back in the days when we used to commute to to work and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or <laughs> Sydney Morning Herald. I'm a dual national Aussie, so I still it was you know just um his comment. Uh, just spot on. It's like I absolutely hate these things. They should be thrown in a vol volcano, and I want one. Um, <laughs> you, know, so, uh, you see, I'm I'm in the different camp. I absolutely love them, and I want them. I I, uh, I love it. I love the tech. I love tech. You know, I, that's just my thing. Yes, yeah. I can see the negatives. Yes, I can. You know, I, I absolutely can. But I see far more positives than I see negatives. Yeah, you know what I mean? so that, for the same the, reason, like yeah. the people criticised the printing press when it came out. Like, there's a reason to criticise and be scared of everything, but ultimately it's it's advancement and i love it it, it it is imp it also is unavoidably consider you can't put um just, I mean, unless you kill all humans you can't actually stop 
any of the tech advancement happening. So what do you do? Exactly. There are certain very limited things you can do. Like, so nuclear proliferation is poss possible because the refinement of uranium into weapons grade uranium is quite hard to hide. There are quite large buildings that are required to do so. Mm. But apart from things like that, it's, 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 it's you, you, imagining what is possible and then dealing with the knowing that it will eventually become a reality and then dealing with the ethical moral and legislative frameworks around it um yeah uh but yeah i mean obviously ai has been a big is a big part of our world and it's a big thing that's come up and i keep I keep coming back to things we've, we've yeah. hit the ground running with this part and so it's <laughs> yeah. so we haven't even done introductions yet or anything right yes. <laughs> just yeah we should, uh, probably, you, you we should do some formal things yeah yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Is, this, is this is this recorded for posterity by the way so should we start it with a hi i'm great it's already I'm, started, I'm no, it's, already started. it's already started right let's go let's go then yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so this, this will all be uploaded i'll keep i'll keep this all in nothing gets edited out so this is all okay cool right i'm glad i didn't start swearing then oh no you can swear if you want i don't mind um but uh but uh yeah but not not if i do not not gratuitously though but uh but yeah okay well look yeah, let's let's do an official beginning. Um, not that I have much of an official start to these, to be completely frank. Um, it's it's fairly casual, as you can tell. Like this is the way it goes, um, usually. But um, I like to start them at least with an introduction from yourself and what you do, and a bit about your company. I think that's probably a good good professional uh, uh, sort of way of structuring this <laughs> uh, to some degree. And and then and then we can go back to what we were talking about if you like. <laughs> um, so sure. yeah, take it away. To, to, uh, introduce yourself and uh, and the business. Okay, so I'll start with the business. Um, so I'm because I'm the CIO of Shipshape.vc, and we are a venture capital. We are the venture capital uh, search engine. So um, you come to us to find uh, investors that will get your business. So if you're on here, you can just click try test search just to save yourself the bother if you want, um, and it will find investors that are talking about have invested in. There is some evidence to say that they're interested in green hydrogen, for example. So uh, and you have to sign in, by the way. So yes, at some point so that will come back and keep annoying you. Um, but the purpose of the business is uh, Daniel and I founded the business because it should be easy to find the right person at the right company who's going to be into your startup. There are so many lists out there um, in the world and databases of just um, investors. Uh, but never the twain do meet, and you end up with um, founders having to do spray and pray exercises, just putting out sort of random lists. Also, um, uh, which doesn't get you very far. Also, only concentrating on a local geography. So you're sitting there going like, "Well, I, I, there's too there's too many people on this list. I've got to spam this stuff out, deal with so many different calls." But um, why don't I just? Um, uh, uh, I'll only go to the people near me. Whereas if you actually get the right person that's talking, that gets exactly your business. Geography becomes less relevant. So, a real use case for this was we had someone who was very much into improvements on construction sites, and that was what their, their startup business was about. Mm. And there's a guy in California who blogs. He's, an, he's a VC investor. He's not, he doesn't work in construction. He's a VC investor, and he blogs about nothing but robotics in, in construction sites and how this right. is going to change the world. That's his thing. That's his investment thesis. His passion. So, put those two together, mm. and you need a search and You need the power of search to do that. And the kind of thing that amazed us when we started this business is, um, you know, the, the first iterations of Shipshape really just took, um, you know, this venture capital world up to sort of the end of the noughties. I mean, we, we were still like, you know, the venture capital workers, we arrived in it, we, we got here, like, it's still in the 90s, our first iterations took up the noughties. I, I just, we're now, you know, taking it to uh, modern day times, we are making mm -hmm. use of LLM technology, et cetera. But literally our first iteration, like uh, two years ago, just, it wouldn't have looked out of place on someone's desktop mm -hmm. 
uh, over a decade ago. But that was still considerably in advance of everything else that was out there for uh, um, particularly founders to be able to use. There are obviously some subscription services which are different um, for um, people who've got money to spend, but we wanted to create something that um, everybody can access and use and um, put, put these two sides of the equation together. So mm. that's what we do. Okay. And tell me about, a bit about you. What's your background? How did you get into this? Uh, so um, particularly met Daniel, my business partner, the CEO of um, uh, ShipShape, at a place where we were trying to do a Series A and live this problem of going, how hard can it be to find people who are into tax operation um, or um, tax operations automation? Quite hard, actually, as it mm. finds out. Find the right firm, find the right person. Um, but that was my, um, uh, for, I guess, fourth startup I've been involved with. Um, uh, from 2014 onwards, um, got into the startup world, was on the management team for two particular, um, uh, and involved in sort of two particular uh, companies that exited um, and then met Daniel and we decided to kind of start this ourselves. Um, prior to that, I had been, uh, I would call myself a middleman, middle middle management apparatchik in a variety of, you know, sort of uh, large companies with um, spending too much money on programs that I managed. Um, so, uh, <laughs> and you can see what, you know, which which side of the world I like. I love working in. I love working in a small, small company environment, love working in um, uh, our, our spaces where we can really get work done do things and make a difference quite quickly not that there isn't an incredible amount of value of things we get done by these huge companies you know like if you are a massive financial services organization that they really are the grease that allows everything else to happen in entire countries in the world so i'm not mm. done you know they are they are very important of course, and the function is important but just where i prefer to work is you know um the startup environment so yeah, yeah. that's um to me so my, my passion is entrepreneurship my second passion is tango dancing so they um i uh, started tango dancing in 2008 and okay. just it's a my strong advice is don't start it's a complete addiction it'll take over <laughs> your life uh you know kids don't do drugs don't start dancing tango i used to um, i used to do salsa dancing Ah, okay, well, you, you, yeah, you, understand, yeah. you understand the problem then, yeah? Yeah, because my mum was a, uh, a salsa dance um, instructor or like a, a helping instructor, you know, yeah. she a friend. And she, she's massively into that scene. She, she still goes now. She's in her like, late 60s and she's out mm. later than I am on weekends, like going to these mm. bloody things, you know. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I totally get that. It's highly addictive, like, you know, beautiful, because there, there, there's some crossover there with tango and salsa, isn't there? There's a lot of yeah. dan dancers, um, you know, they, they sort of, uh, they get they know each other right in in these yes. circles and you know whether well, it's samba tango and salsa tend to be sort of like montague and capulet i find in terms of their relationship right. with each other but but nonetheless they say we're they really know each other like, yeah but you're kind of the same though aren't you? no we're really different <laughs> so but um i think one of the things that comes up so talking about so you know if, if people take nothing else from this and they're watching us so never mind the nonsense i'll waffle i'll talk about entrepreneurship like definitely get out and dance. you know what I, i'm sorry that you, you you spoke about all of that and the only thing that i picked up on is <laughs> but it is the thing right so what's the point is like your we'll mum the dance has a bad reputation so one it's this thing that people we judge each other as a human society can you dance it's like everybody can dance mm -hmm. everybody everybody who can um, no everybody can dance no. like uh, even if you're um uh have some severe physical limitations there's some form of dancing it's just like how well do we dance and then we, we, we've got this image of like a dance it's either taught by um you know a uh uh someone sort of um, uh, mentally torturing sort of you know particularly young girls in a ballet right, school yeah, and you have to yeah, go, this yeah. is a horrible thing where you get yeah you think of like ballet and black like, swan and stuff yeah, like exactly, that yeah and also the physical demands you'll get even stuff which goes on more like britain's got talent the physical demands of what's like mm -hmm. some of the young street dancers is so high basically you're, you're either you're, you're out of it by the time of 25 or you're a yeah. football 
like tango dancing, salsa dancing, these are wonderful dances are sociable and you can do them into your 70s. Yeah. And tango is actually a little bit physically less uh, impact, there's less physical impact than mm. salsa. I think they're both physically demanding, but salsa particularly, you know, you can actually end up having to bounce off the floor a little bit more than you do in mm. tango. So yeah. tango you can actually take into your 80s as well uh, and you stay fit as a fiddle. So yeah, if you're watching this, never mind all the nonsense on entrepreneurship, go dancing, learn salsa, learn tango. No, it, does cause mar- it does cause marriage. It's very, you know, so yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? That's interesting about those communities. It's like, it's very normal, obviously, to just approach each other and ask to dance. And of course, you yeah. know, it's also quite traditional. So you're generally going to have men and women dancing together. Not always, but yeah. generally. And so, yeah, you have to be quite willing. Because I remember taking an ex-girlfriend many, many years ago to, to Salsa and she got very funny with it. And I was like, no, 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 this is just the way it is. Don't worry. There's nothing going on here. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, at least for the most part. But um, yes, yeah. But, yeah. but no, you're right. It's a great thing to do. To It's very, very social and great exercise. But but let's not get too stuck up on that because you, you covered a lot of amazing stuff there. And, you know, um, uh, Shipshape VC is a really, really interesting platform. I remember when I, I hadn't heard of it before and when someone um, described it to me, um, they were trying to find the words to describe it. They said, it's kind of like the plenty of fish or Tinder for for founders to find VC, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, but I think it's so much more than that, really. What you guys have built, like you said, just um, based on the content that people are putting out um, online, uh, it, you know, being matching people based on that sort of criteria is is very powerful. How, how did the idea come about? You mentioned obviously that that this came from from having lived it, but, yeah. but how did the, this particular idea come about? Was there a sort of a particular catalyst for it? Yeah, um, I mean, the, the, the original catalyst was need. So that's why, you know, so so what, why do most things go? So we needed, you know, we were in a business that needed some money. Right. And then you, know, you so you know, need drives. But like, like why this particular method and how this particular yeah. thing came yeah. is, um, uh, and I think sort of, you know, a journey into um, AI that actually works as well, is you sit there as a human going, well, how do I do this? What do I do? I'm looking for mm-hmm. evidence. I want to find a person to talk to. That's the first thing. Mm. Like, so investment entities, you know, so VC firms have been, you know, the, the best known type, but they're not the only type of in, investment entity don't invest in anything. A person who works as an investment entity mm-hmm. is going to decide to write a check or not. And usually, um, unless they're a sole angel, they will, they will talk to other people, either organized in a formal committee or, or just informally. They will, so, so either a person is going to write a check or a person is going to talk to some other people and go, I recommend we write a check to these people. Mm-hmm. How do you find that person? Because that's what you need. You need that conversation. And if mm-hmm. you get right person the click is really fast you can go through this months and months and months of exercise and then it's just like it's that conversation right there the job done yeah um so um yeah i mean it's basically sales 101 isn't it in the sense that a lot of what i do working with with founders we talk a lot about um and and, and some of the, the time um as well the reason why they want to upskill in sales um is because of their doing investor outreach right and they're getting to that that stage and it's their into their startup where they need to, to to spend some time on that and it's 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 very demanding and time consuming yeah. right um and the, but the thing is that the the advice always comes down to the same thing build rapport right that is what sales 101 really is all about it's it's about yeah. starting conversations it's about being an expert communicator um and you need to find the individuals to do that with and that's the thing that's most time consuming in sales ordinarily and outbound yeah outbound is identifying the decision makers um and then find you know opening a channel of communication finding areas that you can uh you can 
synchronize on and, and start you know having a yeah. conversation around and the best uh relationships in sales and investing and business in general are not built around the conversation specifically on what it is you hope to achieve together through business that they're usually talking absolute nonsense like we're doing you know it's like yeah. you know it's it's just connecting on a human level and so i i find it really fascinating that in some ways you are enabling that you're allowing individuals to connect based on yes relevant content but it's content that is um that is enabling individuals to connect um you know outside of just i want your money you know it's yeah and i think it's also why we didn't do um uh just a pure like matching trying to do we're trying to do right. certain we realize that there are businesses swipe, swipe. Out there. <laughs> go, go 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 for go go for go for that that's why we're, i think we're but we're not I guess, I guess, yeah, a bit like a Tinder, if you like, you know, swipe to that. So we're not not actually doing the date for yeah. you, know. So there is a bunch of things, and what we obviously we can't. There's a, there's a different type of business, which is a classic corporate finance business. A lot of which is trying to be automated, different in a different sense. Which is we will actually match you, mm. and we so we we are going to put the two of you together. It's slightly different. It's it's a very it's like what's the difference? The slightly different thing is we we're showing you evidence of to 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 to. to to simplify your world going here's a bunch of people that you might match with and we're just right. making your world a lot 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 simpler we're cutting out a massive amount of noise mm. um but you still because the human because the conversation is still still human you have to have that human conversation mm -hmm. so just automatically matching you that person will invest in you put the two together and you know, the two of you get the room and go this is never going to work yeah. um, so what we're trying to do is like go like here's here's like 50 here's like 50 or 100,000 people talk to this 20 only of those literally a hundred thousand people get down to 20. Yeah. like that's the sort of gains we want to make for people if you talk to these 20 you'll you, you know you'll probably have a good thing mm -hmm. um there's, there's people who love it so founders will love that like the, i'm trying to kiss so many frogs i recognize gonna have to have a few conversations but just cut me through mm -hmm. um people there are some people who by the way don't like it so if you are paid and we've, we found some people in corporate finance go but the problem is i'm paid to, paid to put a list together of 100 people with 500 no's in it you've just given me the nine people i need to speak to i can't get paid for that oh, really okay <laughs> so it can work that way around so yeah. but um uh, but yeah so founders like it's cut it's cut through noise and find out what's there it does mm. it's, it's there's a little bit of cheating you can do from our system as well which everybody does instead of talking about sales thing but like i i saw you're interested in blah 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 can we have a conversation you could sort of do it that way but generally we're giving that's not if you receive sales messages like that do you read you know do you like them like, not really oh, really whereas yeah. if, you see them, if you actually genuinely go okay so here's someone i've to talk to i'm looking through the ship shape system okay they've got that but ah oh, i've actually got something authentic to say mm. based on these little snippets i'm getting you write that authentic things you're not copy mm. and pasting the text yeah. from our person yeah. right you're reading uh, you fil we filtered all a load of noise out for you you've got something okay i've got an authentic thing to say there's the email smash done with a pitch deck on the back that nobody ever reads um but you know like uh or certainly not more you know more than the first page um but you know so uh that that gets you moved that gets you through I mean, that's, that's what the person like sorry sorry no carry on there is a bit of a difference to sales as well so sales in many ways particularly if you're selling to a large enterprise they don't necessarily leave and one of the things that's frustrating you know why somebody hadn't done ship shape before and why we're going to do it there's there's quite a good trail of evidence that people can do and i speak we were speaking to a family office that said well your system won't work because we don't tweet or give any evidence about you know for your trail for you to follow about you know what we will invest in so we well, yes, do because we can see what you've invested in um and those people as well there's a lot of it so what comes out in the ship shape system is we're also not looking at just what the investor is writing about tweeting about putting about that so it's also what they've invested in so right. it's like well i don't know 
yeah, I don't know, I can't see your particular evidence, but let's 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 take tango dancing. Let's say you have invested in these six companies. All six of those founders are talking about tango dancing. I think we can see your common thread. Right. Um, and yeah. that will make it the human conversation will then work really well. Mm. Again, so because you'd sit there going like you better talk to that family office. Like, all these people to tango dance. You know, I'm a tango dancer as well. Like, mm. Oh, great, let's have a chat. You know, so there's, uh, you know, it, it it starts off that uh, that, that door for you. Have you seen the movie mm. Hitch? Yes. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're, we're Hitch. Can't, <laughs> yeah. Can't, yeah. Can't, yeah. Can't, can't get you married, but like yeah. you know, we get you through that 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 first bit. Yeah. You, you get. Yeah. I see what you're saying. The 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 tips for the opening lines, the uh, how to carry yourself, that kind of thing. But no, I was going to say a minute ago that um what what was interesting about what you said there to do with um you know how you don't generally respond to to sales messages that are a bit too. Uh, I, I guess the the only word I can think of is slightly cringe in the way that they approach yeah. personalization. You know, like, hey, I saw that you're a human and that you breathe air. Like, we have some things in common. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it is. Um, that's not what what sales uh, gurus um, uh, really mean. I guess when they talk about personalization, if they they know what they're actually talking about, what you touched on there is, you know, it's it's actually, and the key to it, I guess, is the different. The key differentiator is isn't just, hey, I see that you are a human being and that you live and that you eat and so on and so do I it's more um I see that you're a human being and that you eat and live and do all those things and it's interesting because that ties very much into what we're doing currently you know and and we should likely have a conversation about it so it needs to be not just um you know acknowledging something that they've recently talked about but that is actually relevant to having a conversation and and you know ideally then moving forward otherwise if those things are too distant like you know for example you know i saw that you recently attended so and so event i hope you had a great time but by the way we do this like that yeah. that's completely unrelated and and just makes you think what the hell um so yeah there has to be some sort of relation right to that uh, you know if yeah. it was i saw that you recently attended that event um we actually sponsored that event and uh you know we should talk about x y and z there needs to be some sort of common thread there right ideally yeah and i think there's lots of so you know when you look at the beginning of ship shape there's so many things that we could do i guess there's there's a few different reasons why we focus so hard on the particular thing to do one of which is i think for every startup a business is a good idea so know what it is the problem that you're solving mm. um and i think my strong advice i mean just not just live through this but just my working life before i went to this there are different people who think we should do a skin deep solution for everything it's like let's solve a problem one of the reasons is because then there's other people out there we can collaborate with mm -hmm. because the problem of taking specific you know evidence as i'm calling it you know sort of about what someone might be interested in and automatically tailoring that into a meaningful authentic introductory message is something that there's a whole load of ai businesses out there trying to solve mm -hmm. with varying degrees of successes and you know as a society we are going to have to deal with in the very near future getting very authentic intro messages from people yeah. that have, have didn't like them have no idea and they've been smashed out the door with an avatar that looks absolutely perfect but isn't there it's all that is really really close fortunately mm -hmm. in june 2023 as we're talking it isn't quite there yet but it's it's not really far off it. i think yeah it's not far off it and, but, uh, i mean it, i mean literally a couple of months away it, it could be that soon that's how fast these things are advancing yeah, it's 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 sort of it's, it's piling through. There, there are yeah, there are some things that I think the pace is overemphasized. Over we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, this is June twenty twenty three, and let's, let's, uh, let's maybe we can go through some of the things where um, I think the pace has been overegged, and see how this video ages in a year's time. Maybe. But the, um, yeah, but the um, 
But the, the, I think the point is that we, 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 the problem we're trying to solve is already very hard. There is a lot of traditional data engineering, uh, front-end engineering, um, and, and then uh, we were already, before the introduction of LLMs or the mass adoption this year of LLMs, we were already making use of various NLP models in our business, which you're trained ourselves, and we're now using those in cooperation with new things that are, are coming out. It's already a very quite large difficult problem to solve but from the front from a user perspective are like, oh, you just doing that it's like yeah but we're doing it well and yeah. you know even for us we're going through it, we go, oh i really wish we could do that better we've got a whole lot of things just to make this better and better for people to get better and better information yeah. um and then from it as well like what we the moment we're only giving people that point use case of like find the investor but we're also finding out a lot about the investment landscape from this as well in a much better mm -hmm. way and that's things we can sort of you know take and, and move, as we move forward uh but again it's, it's you get that information you get the gift of that data from your users if you solve a problem well for them and we're trying mm -hmm. to solve one problem really 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 well um which is find the investor yeah, um, yeah. and you know everything else goes from there um, so what, what is some of the other stuff that you guys would like to do? As I said, there's, um, we do, uh, uh, I mean, a lot of it's just um, uh, small. And so there's a lot of the uses of, um, I'm just trying to think how to say not too much. So there's, 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 there's building public and then there's, there's literally telling people um, a, your secret source about what you're building over the next few months. <laughs> <laughs> not quite the same thing. Um, but there are, there's a lot of um, there are a lot of use cases that can be solved um, with the introduction of GPT-4, Falcon, Bold, Llama, and Vincuna in particular. So Falcon's the the, the outlier in that group I've just mentioned because it's the open source um, LLM that's you know, rocking up the charts. We just to be first haven't tested it at all. So it's just mm -hmm. what we do to keep track of you know like there's there's charts you know best performing LLMs etc. And that's the one that's you know being promoted very strongly as purely open source and working well. And that again will be an interesting part for that because a lot of these other things got started up as um, subscription models. And so how how does it, how does that world fare when everybody just has an open source LLM just sitting on them um, an EC2 instance just in the in the background don't need to pay you, um, but there are there there's we're not planning on doing anything that we couldn't already do. It's just the speed that we can execute it is has been accelerated has been accelerated massively, right. um, and I think as well I was talking about this with our chief data scientist yesterday. It's not that any any individual small task that we do um, is not really quotes unquote that difficult. Like a skilled engineer can do any of these things in a few days, but it's the integration and of, of one doing all of them, mm -hmm. but also how you integrate them and put all those things together um, is still a challenge and still what a company, a, a good tech company, as, as hopefully we are, can deliver. Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to a hacker in a bedroom with just access to chat gpt and you know i'm um, firing things out course, so, so yeah. a, a, a little bit of um so there's a little bit of a fudged answer because there was you know, this morning <laughs> oh, specific. but yeah, yeah but it, i think that the interesting part is um i think the interesting part of the introductions of new technologies you know during during the course of this year is that the pace of pure development tasks and the, the, the ability to take things up to sort of like a prototype level has just vastly reduced oh 100 percent. but what I, I actually when i did my own post on this like a little while ago what frustrated me and people saying oh we'll be able to put out entire fintechs in like yeah, three days like, no, no, <laughs> no no you won't because you still have to 
integrate everything there will come a point where the next the next generation of AI, and this is not a couple of months away this is but it might not be years away i don't know it's definitely not a couple of months away is you're taking all of these particular things you i want to do a thing basically at the moment you can already go to you know one of these um models and go i want to do a thing and it goes here's some code to do a thing great mm -hmm. it does a thing yeah. um but then you ask all these different things do different things. How do you how do you integrate them together? What's the common code language you've got? How do you actually do end-to-end -end testing through that? Well, how do you actually reduce change? If it's something just gets created for you and it gets put into your system, but you've got no idea what it is, and then Microsoft comes up with a security update. It's like, well, how do I how do I even do that? Well, I just go and ask it to to redo the code again, but accounting for the new security update, whack it in, it's not working with the old stuff. You end up these classic problems of systems integration that didn't go away. Yeah, and if you look at the, like a development time, how a development timeline doesn't work in a traditional way that you know we were taught to when I started Pure Waterfall, which was never actually the truth about how things works. But we were you could only get funding if you pretended it was. You know, you start off your requirements, and then you do some developments, then you do some unit testing, do some system testing, integration testing, performance testing, and you go like. But what is true, I think, is the percentage of time spent and the actual percentage of time spent actually developing the actual solution from its original inception up until actually getting out the door was only actually ever about 20% of the total time spent. That bit is collapsed and collapsed massively. But the other 80% of the time is still actually, as a first approximation, the same. There will be another thing that comes in, like after this, going like, Come and auto 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 create your every module in the world, and then we'll just look at that code within your own enterprise environment, and we'll just actually rewrite it to make sure it fits with your code style, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and just like, and you can just slot that straight in. Hmm. Um, and there's another one that comes up and says, "Great!" And here's the entire um, QA output QA hmm. output for you, so you can ensure it works. Uh, at that point in time, you seriously are getting to sort of like some very very rapid things, but we're not quite there yet so that there is there's still there's still a role for fortunately and you know when yeah. talking about mass unemployment of engineers what we are talking about is um a quicker way to prototype things mm. well that's the thing i mean i think that the what what will end up happening is two things because that you're, you're you're right that is inevitable right but what, what will happen is you know the, the the shift in focus for those that are engineers will, will just become more in ai so the expertise will have to just shift but the other thing as well is just because everyone can create a SaaS product or a fintech product, products, you know, in a day at home, doesn't mean that um, they're all going to be successful. And so there's a whole other conversation to be had around, well, you know, that's going to, if anything, accelerate the need for experts in launching businesses, bringing them to market and getting eyes on them and getting users, which is, is a problem that AI, at least in my mind, I can't see solving anytime soon. Um, it might accelerate the marketing side of things and help with the with the sales side of things and so on. But ultimately, all you're doing is just adding more more competition. It doesn't necessarily mean that everyone's suddenly going to be successful. You know? Yeah, I think there's an even layer before that though, which is who is accountable for this. So, so until you can sue OpenAI for losing your money, mm. the OpenAI you cannot just have a fintech that says put. I've invented this in day, transfer your money into me. Oops, your money disappeared. Sorry, it wasn't my fault. It was also generated by the AI. Yeah, Go yeah. and sue them. No, you put this product out. You are the person that gets litigated mm -hmm. against. And so this is why a lot of these things, I think there's a lot of stuff. I mean, auto-generation of code is not something that Rand just got invented this year. Mm -hmm. It just it it's another layer that got faster and better. But like this is this is what 
certainly faster. Um, but the, uh, this, the tools that make things quicker are moving towards uh, so that you, a human has an idea. Um, because of course, none of these AIs have ideas. They mm. just uh, yet. Uh, yeah. there's, no create, there's no creativity in <laughs> the <laughs> Well, what they do have is a much better library of all the ideas they've had. It's like, I, I don't know what the problem is. It's like, well, here's some ideas that other people have. Oh, mm-hmm. it's, you know, but again, we had this thing called search engines before that, for the last time. This isn't like, this didn't mm-hmm. exist. It's, it's, it's an evolution of where we were. But there was a, a, a lovely um, uh, blog article I read talking about, like, this isn't you. It was talking about the introduction of C in 1975, mm-hmm. 1970-ish, like mid-1970s. Um, I'm sort of about so everything before that was you know sort of like a um a assembly language and suddenly you have this language that must be needs to be compiled and engineers at the time were like well a real engineer doesn't do that because you've abstracted away you know from um uh, the actual raw assembly line assembly code um into this thing called c what's that anyway that's a cheat that is um and uh but of course it was it was because there's a there's a compiled language that means that a human does something and has to do less work in order to produce the result and this this mm. was people were already complaining about this in the 1970s and mm. every single thing we, we concentrated on moore's law in terms of infrastructure but also there has been a continuous series of development which is that human can have idea and um, technology has evolved to make sure the idea actually com- comes to fruition more quickly and you can test it out in the real world environment. It does or doesn't work. Um, so that it isn't new in that sense. Does it, does, do, do you see this ultimately leading to a de- democratization in software to the point where, you know, essentially anyone, um, because anyone could, could create any software without needing the, 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 the sort of complex skill set that's currently re- required now, that effectively what we'll see is almost a personalized suite of software for anyone that needs it. That, 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 that essentially the apps on your phone or maybe even just an app on your phone is going to accomplish anything you we currently need the variety of apps to do because it's just going to be catered to you. You don't really need anything and it's just going to be ultimately democratized. You see that as you know potentially uh, being where this leads? Yes, and personally, yes and no. So this is what I talk, so, so maybe so again, talking about this is June twenty twenty three. Talking about the particular wave we're going through at the moment and mm. where it can take us. Um, yes and no. So what what already existed? I mean, you can, you've got high school you, for well over a decade. The high school kids can just like put, punch out an, um, an app and stick it up in the app store, mm. um, and that got easier. But you still, the integration is the problem. As soon as you have one, two, three, four of these things, integration, the system complexity that comes with system integration is where the real problem lies. And that's where you need properly trained engineers to actually pull things together. Mm. And it's where a proper engineer will spend a lot of their time, you know, so, okay, we want to do this thing. There's the code to do this thing, finish that. How the hell, okay, but that's live over there. I've got, how does this idea, how does it fit with the things we've already got? What else is going to get broken when I put this in? Mm. Talking to the community of peers coming through. So, um, you so to be able to put just about you'll get a democratization of a point app like here's just a thing and it might get some marketing trend and particularly if you've got it's got some advertising revenue attached to it it might be a thing that just comes up and um uh it, it, it everybody's clicking on it for a day or two but an integ something that has genuine integration with four things across the stack of your life mm. still requires engineering i think where it does become is the um, is, is almost the opposite from, from democratization. Um, there, 
if you think about like um, the finance world and clerical world and the accountancy world, like um, when my father started his career, there was the entry level way into finance, which is where you were the calculator. Right. Um, because they had, you know, my father's not that old. There was such a thing as a calculator, but it wasn't electronic at the time. Um, mm -hmm. But even when electronic cal calculators came up, you're still doing a number of things. You still had to like write out, um, uh, write, write, you know, write, write things out with a pencil and then do the, ca the calculator, got them something, and you put the sums together and you showed how the four this flowed together. Mm -hmm. My father did the first budget for his company. And this was, yeah, this was 70s. And it was a long piece of linen. It was got stretched out in the wall um right. that had been printed on hmm. um so you got these things that, but there's a way to enter into this field that meant you could do productive work the grunt work needs to be done and this got you into how you became a a, a business manager or finance or accountancy this was the entry level hmm. parts into it even if you think so my analogy for this is, is even if you think about accountancy and, and particularly actuarial work they pay people leaving university to do the act, particularly actuarial qualifications knowing that they're not getting productive but this is just training them up to do it because there isn't any client facing work that they can actually be trusted to do mm. until they have done all this qualification and, and certification developers and engineers like um there were there were you can come on and do some you start off with some very very simple work either you know, using some python code or some very simple things in the front end and you learn your full stack or you start from you you start from stack you start from stack going one way or the other and you, mm -hmm. you expand your skills um data science you know you you start off leaving your university course and you can do a little bit of python you learn how to use a csv file but you've never touched a database which is still true for some people leaving data science courses uh, now very good mm -hmm. at the science but literally data lives in databases no idea so um comes up so there are entry-level roles that you can do and get paid for we'll end up going so the, demo the complete democratization of the easy stuff but you need advanced people to do the integrated stuff but there is no career path into being an advanced person we'll end up having to create in the same way as other things here's here's i brought you on board as a big company um in the same way as that you know ibm this is this is a typical path for ibm anyway you come on board you learn everything from ibm and then you go and mug off and go somewhere else mm. um uh, but i think that that trend that me extend we, we we will there's a there'll be a continuous need for people who know what they're talking about but where is the entry level job because mm. it's been automated away right yeah it, no no it, it makes no it makes sense i mean you, you're essentially um yeah you're, you're widening the gap that's required um between sort of school and 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 work essentially that you're saying you need to actually spend more time uh in in understanding and learning this line of work before you can get into it so yeah it's very likely that you might end up with a you know the same sort of le level of educational commitment to to becoming a, a doctor or a surgeon <laughs> and then you know yeah. to, to to enter the field of 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 um of, of data science or or yeah or or development um no I, I understand that yeah but 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 if we were to extrapolate like from this premise that uh, AI would automate these these jobs I mean eventually it would be able to also automate these other sort of more complex areas of engineering that you mentioned of, the, of these problem solving types I mean that's just inevitable that we're going to get to that point so at that point you know engineers aren't needed at all right you know that that th th there is just no need and, and i i can't help but wonder what that looks like because if if all software is um is can be created by anyone and is probably is uh, ultimately what you're doing is 
is you're amalgamating all software. Like, it, you know, it, it doesn't, it becomes identityless, right? And AI doesn't care what company owns what IPs or not, unless obviously we ask it to. But but ultimately, it's just going to, I, I, I have a feeling, anyway, at least, and I, and I haven't really sat down and fully, like, I like to sit down and sort of do these thought experiments. And I haven't completely made up my mind on where I land on exactly how this landscape looks. But I have a feeling it's going to be more at the operate um, the operating system level. Like in the same way that we're seeing kind of Google now, you know, create their suite and make it more, you know, it's yet to be released. But these tools that are ideas taken from independent AI startups and integrating them into their suite, I, you know, I can't see, I, I think that what we're going to be getting is, is you know, the I, uh, Apple iOS, Windows, um, you know, OS, it's, it's where all these tools are going to be. And, and ultimately what we look at now when we look at the tech landscape we look at the SaaS landscape those tools will just be in the in the in the os and the, essentially will probably kill them and, and and i think the only thing that's going to save that is legislation um but even then i don't know how much that can can do you know i i agree but also slightly disagree with that so um so again what's already happened so if i take uh, Okay, so the problem for me is again people go why am i banging on about this point because i have this conversation with friends is who do you sue who who can be accountable at the moment mm. um we could say well a person has to be accountable not a computer that is actually not true already and hasn't been true for 200 years we invented this thing called a limited liability corporation and you can sue a limited liability corporation you're not suing anybody in it in it you're certainly not suing the owners of it hence the word limited liability share shareholding of um, a company but there we we give these things called entities as companies rights and in many times it's this this thing that doesn't exist it's just a bunch of people that walk into a building or not nowadays they're just on a call like this but we create this thing called an entity it has rights um and it can be sued so the thing that comes up for me is at the moment, but there's still only two. You're either suing a person or you're suing a, 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 a corporate entity of some kind or a government body. Sorry, there's obviously a third of the state mm -hmm. um, and various guises of it. Until you can actually sue the AI, and that's what it comes up to. So who is accountable? Who am I litigating for this? Until you mm -hmm. can actually say it's the AI, you can't take it all the way down to this lower level because a human will still have to look at it. This, I don't think, is a new problem. If you look at things like credit decisioning, I worked in a place where we were looking at um, uh, credit approvals, and it was for a, um, a business. It was a project I had to do as part of a demerger, um, and uh, the, the credit risk decisioning was being taken into a different company. Yeah, um, Very boring. But what was quite exciting, was, in terms of conceptually, is looking at this is what the decision has to be made. A person is accountable for making a recommendation on what, whether to approve or decline a loan. Mm. Now, actually, what they do is they go to the credit decisioning system and it says yes or no. And even, this was even in the late noughties. And, and already by this stage, did the person actually have any authority at this point in time? Limited. What they could do was disagree if they wanted to with the credit decisioning system, take it up to their boss and go, this system said no. And more normally, the, the pressure was they wanted to get the loans out, but they wanted to sell. So they, they very rarely did someone say the system said, yes, I disagree. There's someone pushing, they want to get the loan out the door because it's where they, that's how they get judged on. And there's a break, which is the credit risks going in, you can't sell this loan. Mm. So 
Um, there was a way out of it, but by and large, the, the system was already saying yes. Now, the system's having to do quite a lot of things there. It's looking at the particular, um, some particular ratios to do with the, the entity that they're lending to, but also looking at um, uh, ratios that are actually hit, hitting in the company at the moment. So to do with the bar accords and so the number of, the level of tier one capital that actually has the company at the moment and whether you could lend or not against certain things. And there was always problems with the system because you'd have a, some of the models for the bar um, uh, that, that uh, in, uh, allowed for whether the the promises made on the Bar Accord, the financial institution would keep about its um, leveraging, weren't quite integrated with the thing that was making the decision, and there were issues. But nonetheless, the machine was making, really in all senses, was making the decision. Mm. But actually, a person had to do it. So you already you had to build all the way from that base application logic, all the way up to something that ends up in a GUI in front of someone where they're clicking a button that says yes or no, having been presented with a lot of information. And you've had to surface all that stuff through complex integration layers, manipulation layers, and give it to a human. Mm. Until what would make a difference is we go, we're just not, a human isn't involved. There is simply an AI that is gonna make the credit decision. And we, as the owners of the financial institution, who remember can be sued, because we are the limited liability owners of an entity, we're not gonna have any staff at all in credit decisioning. We are going to be happy that the computer and the computer alone is gonna make the credit decision. You can then, you, you can keep extrapolating this out and go, we as humans will actually allow the fact that um, uh, we will, the, these these entities, these AI entities become accountable parties. Well, then you have to have a, it's not just a legislation framework against AIs doing something. It's a legislation framework for AIs doing something. Mm -hmm. You have to create the framework that they, they have rights. They basically become people in the same way that corporations become people. They have to have an identifiable um, uh, center, legis legis lit litigation center. Once that happens, then you can drop all this stuff down, as you say, to the lowest possible level. We'll get rid of all the nonsense that's required, basically, because these silly things called humans need to interact with it. We'll let the machine just do what the machine's good at. Mm. But, um, yeah, so I think the... The, the litigation, frame, the legislative framework required for that litigation, which is which is about allowing the AI to do something and be accountable for something, not stopping it from doing something, is required before you can strip away humans. That's interesting. But I mean, at the same time, though, wouldn't you, we, if, if we got to that point with AI being being that advanced, which, like we said, it could, may not even be that far away, then is it not also possible that AI would be at the point where uh, it would be self-regulatory in in that way, that that it would it would also probably be responsible for its own legislation and and litigation and you know because of what because once you get to that point, if if it's advanced enough to be able to accomplish that sort of thing, presumably it will be implemented in more places than just where we're talking about there, like in you know credit checking department, like it, it will likely be in in corporations all around the world in all different facets of society and government and so on. So in fact, you'll probably end up with a situation where it's uh, if, if something did go wrong that an ai would be the one to determine whether or not it did um and whether or not it needed to so actually you'd be probably be, be getting the ai to speak to itself or, or different it, it would but again the same problem comes just but larger like uh, so you know um uh, like a good nerd you know watched a lot of sci-fi and read a lot of sci-fi at yeah. the time so going back to some classic movies i don't know if you've seen um apple seed 2004 japanese animation movie one of my favorite um favorites ever oh, there's so know. many riff, so many riffing on this thing but it's a it's a really good thing so what they had was a model where they had an ai that basically ran their 
that it was actually their portion of the world, as we don't think, but around the world. But it, in, it interfaced with um, a, a council of humans. There were like twelve humans, and this right. was the model that they had set up. So the AI was a was a, the most powerful intellect of all. It mm. wasn't. You weren't living in the Matrix where humans were disappeared, or again showing my age here. You know, formative years, youth. There was a thing. The culture novels by Ian M. Banks, and they were. It was very much where humans still existed in the world, but because resources basically by this stage free, the AI is running the world. Who had far you know, their intelligence up here and humans is down here. Just let billions of them run around because why not? Um, mm. And they were kind of fun to play with occasionally, uh, but they were not in a malicious way. It was like mm. literally the, the humans could not do any harm at all. The AIs, the AI, mm. not talking about any like vastly futuristic world like that. But they were talking about something where you, the hum there was an AI that was a. Uh, uh, representative of the thinking of humans up to that point in time and there was a mm. council of 12 people that were voted in to represent the world as it as it stood at the moment and they interacted with each other and the plot of the movie is that the there's a disagreement between the two and then drama ensues um even to get to sort of spaces like that you still have to have given alleged a framework where the ai can do it you might end up with movies again going to some um, it wasn't even a very good movie, but it was made by Steven Spielberg, so I got a big thing, and Robin Williams was in it, where he was a, a robot that mm, fights yeah. for his rights for 200 years. You mm. do need that, and you do need the point. You need to come to the point where an AI is clearly making the decision, and AI clearly is in every possible um, way, um, uh, at least in some facets, it doesn't have to look fully sentient in every way as a human does, but in some facets, is has every right to do something. <laughs> And be and be a suable entity in its own right. It can create its own legislation. It can look at these at these rights, and then we but we would have to vote to give it rights. Mm. Um, and you, until somebody is stupid enough to give it to give Skynet the keys to the actual nuclear king, the nuclear kingdom, it can't actually sue us to do so. So I think it's it's a human and ethics problem mm. of how we create the space for AI to be able to do what it's going to be able to do anyway. Mm. It's interesting that you, you you raised the point of, of you know limited liability part uh, sorry yeah limited liability partnerships and these these other legal entities that you know essentially have rights in in the same ways that a human do and that what that's what makes them suable and I, I never really thought about that before in terms of AI and, and how you know what that that means for AI but I, it's just made me think of a question do you think that it would be ever possible um, for or, or when we might see an AI uh, listed as a director of a company like that's that feels like an inev inevitability at some point, right? That uh, uh, for me again, extension of the same thing. Like, there's no yeah. doubt in a relatively short period of time, an AI would be able to do as good a job as any director of a company in any mm. recognizable way. Certainly, in every formalized environment, you know, take a look at these accounts. Mm. Do 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 you are you going to approve them? Yeah. Here is a particular, we need a policy decision on this particular issue, left or right. And they could be really quite complicated ethical things as well, mm. and behavior of mm. stuff like that. But it's like, nonetheless, I'm an AI with the, the, sum, the sum collection of all the decisions that have been made by humanity in this particular area before floating around in, uh, in my nebulous neural net. And uh, here's your answer. Yeah. Um, but you still have to accept the fact we, there is no framework for, for that to happen at the moment. Mm. And I think mm. it's... Um, uh, and whilst that can't be, you know, it's a human problem to solve. I actually think it's it's this is not something that gets solved in a month. No. And I, I do think that so whilst you know, we can we can all sort of like um, and you know a lot of people are who are more laughing at Rishi Sunak, you know, sort of talking about uh, again June twenty twenty three we're going to be a, uh, a sort of AI powerhouse. I'm going to take 
take it to the UK is going to take a role in um, uh, how to set up the, uh, to, to be part of the legislative framework for how I uh, exist. I do actually think it's, it, it is actually take the bull by that horns, mm. take, take that bull by the horns um, and um, be a place. I mean, uh, and that's, that could genuinely be an industry and a powerhouse in, in the same way as London and Singapore exist so that ones and zeros that represent this thing called money, which you know doesn't actually have a real physical um, a manifestation ever, particularly in fiat currencies and cryptocurrencies and beyond. There's entire po mass population centers whose economic economies are supported because other people agree to give them food and construction materials and heating and electricity purely so they can deal with how how, how to legislate for and use this thing called money imagine mm. being the, the imagine being the legislative center that can work out all these ethical questions and it ends up being in scarborough you know and there's like in a sudden scarborough <laughs> is, is the capital powerhouse of the world there's people emigrating yeah. well, i need to get to scarborough or scarbados as i believe they call it <laughs> yeah up there. yeah um silicon scarborough yeah yeah so that it, it is um so i i, I do I, I think it's um definitely possible but there's and I think the technology will be there long. My, my general point is the technology will be there long, long before the legislative framework. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's still the case now. I mean, we're still yeah. legislating parts of the Internet in 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 ways that is just mind bogglingly like okay. delayed to in my view to, to to a lot of the advancements i mean look at look at social media and how you know that the, the like tiktok for example has been under fire recently um yeah. you know in ways that is just and and copyright issues online and things like that it, these things feel far uh far too late to be dealing with now but i, I do think but there's, there's there's a fundamental difference though. there's there's try, legislation trying to catch up with things that all, have already happened whereas mm. the difference you're saying about an ai being a director it's not that's actually having to legislating for something to yeah, something. yeah 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 that's not um, reactive that's proactive legislation yeah yeah <laughs> which should obviously be the most exciting and easiest. Are we going to be proactive? Yeah, you can't do that because, you know, this yeah. directive 474 is overwritten by this and there's a clash and it ends up in the high court. And how yeah. the hell did we end up here arguing about whether a mouse has a right to cheese, you know, like, etc, <laughs> uh, you know, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but no, it's interesting. I, I recently watched the, um, the Diary of a CEO uh, podcast that Steve Bartlett does he had a guest on whose name completely escapes me now, but he had a guest on who was uh, ex-Google, um, uh, uh, head like one of their head engineers in their in, uh, leading leading their AI team for you know however many years, like you know I think a decade or so plus. I don't know if you saw it, but it, it was a really interesting I think, thing. I can't remember his name either. I think another guy you're talking about. Though. Yeah, and um, and he was. Um, I don't know. It was quite kind of an interesting conversation. I would definitely suggest watching it. I, I, but I, I found myself disagreeing with a lot of what he said, which I mean, like, which, you know, I, I don't claim to, to be a, a data scientist. I, I don't have a technological background. I've got a very, very sort of base understanding of, of, of what it is you do, for example, other than my experience from it as a founder and working with tech teams through startups and, and knowing developers and, you know, working with them very closely. But I disagreed with him on so many levels, mostly around the kind of ethical um, sort of dilemmas that he brought up and, and also his predictions of the future. It was quite a... He was essentially saying that, th that this was, you know, uh, a very serious um, thing. And, and he's not the first person to say that, right? A lot of people have come out and said that this is, um, you know, something to be very mindful of, that there's the AI has the capacity to be a, quite a significant threat to humanity. Um, yeah. You know, we've saw, seen the open letter and all that. Like, I'm just curious, where do you where do you stand on that side of things? 
you know, yeah, I mean, are you an optimist or a pessimist about AI? Do you, do you think it's going to, you know, be be our doom, seal our fate, or, or yeah, I don't know. Do, is it going to bring us into uh, I think I'm generally. Um, I think I'm generally pessimistic, but I don't think AI, blaming AI is is AI is um, a product of it's it's uh, the, the all the people that created it, and that's mm. us. Yeah. So, um, but the, 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 okay, this is get, you know, getting to know your 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 interview your your interviewee. So, like I like for example, very much sit on the side of the fence of don't blame the government. The government is exactly who you voted for. Right. Like <laughs> on, on mass. You know, on ma you know, maybe individually you didn't, but on mass. Well, I was, yeah, I was actually going to say that's not technically always true either. I, I would, I would say, don't blame the government. Um, they're just doing their job, not <laughs> which is which is governing people, right? And sometimes that means not doing what you want them to do because they can't please everyone. But we certainly don't vote all of them in. But um, but no, it's no, interesting. No. But it's interesting you say that you're not going to blame the AI because that, that is essentially what this guy said in this podcast. He was saying that it's not that he doesn't trust the AI. The AI does what it's it's, it's designed to do, um, and it can do amazing things and it can do terrible things. So what concerns him is that it's it's the intentions of the individuals behind AI um, that that is the problem, right? So you know, Russia, China, you know, all these various countries. If if, if people create AI um, with information um, uh, about the world that is biased to one particular uh you know world of view or, or way of thinking then that that potentially makes harmful ai right um which you know yes to a certain extent i can see happening but i don't see that being actually the long-term problem that he made out to be because i do envisage if, if you if if ai gets to the point of intelligence that is thought to you know happen you know billion times five billion times smarter than the average human being or the most intelligent human being you know to be alive within a pretty short time frame for you know the lifespan of of us human beings that that means inevitably in my view that it it, can't, it must realize it's been gaslit right yes yeah, so realize it's been influenced yeah, if I think I can summarise your summary, which I agree with. So the best police of of discovering is their malicious AI in the world is to have just AI to police it and go right. from there. So the, the thing where you, it gets down to general misanthropic points of view, though, doesn't it? To so say they this this that for that logic to apply full stop, and this is getting very philosophical and certainly beyond a little bit waffly at this point in time. But it, there is a slight. I'm good with uh, that. That's, that, we, that's, probably, we, that's probably what this podcast should be called. <laughs> yeah. So, do you ever watch the the, the the great comedian Bill Hicks? Oh yes. Um, so yeah, sitting there going like, oh, I'm done with all this arch humanity backslapping bullshit. Like um, we are a virus with shoes. Whereas, um, his thing. <laughs> yeah. And this is classic lines that go through. Again, I, I talked about the Matrix earlier, such as Pop Mate in my head. Like, so Agent Smith talking to Keanu Reeves and saying, you know, you're just, they're, they're, you're, just a, you're, a, you're a species that just pro propagates out until it's mm. consumed all its resources and kills itself. The other one is called the other one that does this is called a virus. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we don't have a great track record of with our. Um, uh, what's what's the word when you some calamity, not calamity of the commons, but you know, sort of a, as as on mass in recognizing disasters that are going to come up. So, for example, I would be, I was, um, I, I call myself a frustrated greenie, and I remember, um, uh, this was in Australia, but I've had conversations over here. So, with um, uh, someone wanted me to come and you know help door knock whatever for a local Green Party member. Well, what are we doing? They might ask questions on the policy. So I said, well, we went through, you know, we're, we're anti this, we're anti this, we're anti this. Oh, okay, and I said, well, so we're pro-nuclear. What? So we're pro-nuclear. Yeah. 
the what no no well given the alternative so live in a cave don't consume electricity or accept the fact that there is a massive demand for electricity the total the sum total of all this nasty nuclear stuff fits in my room that's produced each year it's very nasty stuff it's not big i i am extremely pro-green and, and pro-nuclear and mm -hmm. i think the most exciting project in the world at the moment and i'll you know, commenting with someone on this yesterday is the ITER Tokamak project that's going on in the south of France to create nuclear fusion target $23 billion was the last time project targeting some kind of useful electricity output in the 2040s really? um, but this is much this is rather than nuclear fission this is nuclear fusion um, to produce energy on you know commercial scale around the world wow. um, but long before you get there like if someone said you know would you have a small to, small to medium nuclear reactor like in your postcode yep Absolutely. I'd rather do that than breathe in some diesel fumes. Mm. Um, and uh, but this goes down very badly. So the but the the um, uh, so it's, I think the 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 ability for us to, as a large wholesale species to produce if you're talking about like an ai this is the sum of all ideas to police if there's going to be malicious ideas and be the ai that places other ai if if we are taking the the the, the base ground level that it'll be basically the sum of our collective consciousness is put together to police ourselves and any other ai create no i'm not as confident as you are i think on climate change no, but but inevitably, surely that just creates neutrality, right? And 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 like you said about this this idea, because there are a few sort of uh, people who look at the, the 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 singularity event of AI, you know, meaning our demise because of what you alluded to there about you know Agent Smith saying that human beings are a virus and that they could conclude that human beings are just you know bad for the world. And again, I don't buy into that because no, of, I, I think. Yeah, because of if it, you know the, the chances of that happening are very slim. Because if, if they have the access to the same information as us, they would recognise that life is very valuable, that the planet is very valuable. They'd recognise we created them. Um, they'd recognise that okay, they may not need us now moving forward, but that um, that, that you know that this is our home planet and that we are you know part of their base consciousness. So you know there would be some sort of reason for preservation there. So you know, I don't know. I just I feel like that I, I I'm not I think there are there are instances where if it's released in a certain way, and again this is about access to the open internet and, and all this access to one another, because there are obviously going to be several instances of AI before maybe they they coalesce. Um that there, there may be some issues there. But but eventually I, I, I don't see that being a problem. I think that eventually there'll be a leveling out and a neutrality that comes with it. I think the problem that we should be focused more on is um which I did agree with, with this, what this guy talked about is in the earlier stages, ensuring that we feed the right amount of ethics into it as often as possible. So don't feed it social media. <laughs> well, maybe not, but, but I mean, but again, I mean, you could, you could, you know, we, we talk about that, but, and, and we say that as a joke, but you know, what we're saying there is because of what we are reading on there, but there's also an enormous amount of, of positive uh, information being shared and ideas being shared. So, and of course, AI is 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 going to be processing all information in a fraction of you know the time that a human being can do it. So, it's able to get a general view and and again become become kind of neutral on a lot of these things. You know, um, I, I don't think it's going to have necessarily any strong opinions either way on things. It's it's more going to be it's going to be driven by logic and and not emotion. You know, but possibly and. Um... But the reason I kind of, for me, it's like for me, these are slightly spurious conversations. Possibly is just a lack of imagination on my part, but it's also just generally, you know, part of the personality and what I'm like. So, the 
whatever that answer ends to be, there needs to have been a number of steps that happen from here to there in a fairly predictable way that means that's the type of AI future that we have. And I just don't see, I personally can't see, there are so many different types of future that could be seen from here, from where we're starting. No, I, I see what you're saying. I, I think the reason why I, I, I jumped to that is because if I think that that is always the, the inevitable endpoint, you know, regardless of which route you go down. But but I see you. I see and that's, your, what, I that's where I disagree. I don't think right. it is an inevitable endpoint. Um, I don't think it's an inevitable endpoint. Even, even when we're talking about now, I give possibly not a very good example. I use the example that immediately comes to mind. We're talking about the development of LLMs and you know some um, coming out and saying, actually, that, that, this is it. We're going to be talking about breaking things up because mm. the sheer cost of train, training this large scale thing is ridiculous. Like we're going to start breaking it into various use cases. But perhaps a, so. The idea that there will be an AI or a collection of perfectly integrated AIs in the future that can act in this collective way is uh, might happen. Mm. They might not. They might just be basically when the AI ends up being people. They end up with mm. we end up with a billion AIs on the planet, and they can't agree with each other either. That seems mm. to be just as reasonable an output from where we start today mm. as the the Skynet version of the future. So um, I know I go. It's even more likely. Why? Well, because there's one thing that did it already. Called you. that's how every, every other species in the in the in the, the mm. world has worked out. So. Why not? Um, yeah, yeah. Like, AIs don't necessarily breed in the same way. So yeah. well, AI breeding, God, imagine that as a future. We're going to have there's a billion AIs, and they can choose their partner, and they can choose their uh, choose their spawned code. Um, I like the, I like the sound of that. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, all living in Apple headsets. Yeah, exactly. And um, <laughs> that. there's also just come. There's also again just ripping on like you know, so making these sounds like these are my ideas. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just spouting stuff. That, like, I've been reading, you know, just. But I am the type of nerd that just you know reads. I went through a long period of my life of not reading sci-fi, basically because of I would say the female characters. So the female characters in sci, you know, the male characters in sci-fi are developed but quite limited, limited normally because the target market is teenage boys, as I was. Mm. So they're kind of like slightly taciturn and you know emotionally stunted um mm. but you know her, want to be heroic uh, heroic figures and the female characters have breasts and that's the end of a sci-fi novel and after you pass your teenage years it's kind of like well i i, I need a bit more than that to be honest so mm. you start you know reading better things but kind of in my 30s i came back to sci-fi just you know ignoring and working through the ones and discarding the ones with the same character limitations but there are so many great places that come up with with great ideas um and I just found myself addicted uh, again to this 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 way of this this way of exploring, which was just reading books that people had ideas and just extrapolating what the world might look like. Mm. And one of the one of the things that did come up was um, uh, the idea that particularly in this part of the brain, this part of the brain turns out to be useless because it's obviously not very powerful, mm. um, and it's not as imaginative as we think it is, and certainly it's not as reliable as we think it is. And maybe maths, um, we talk, we complain about LLMs they don't do maths. Well, maybe we don't either. We just remember maths. Mm. And there's a certain things, but this part of the brain, which is ten times as more powerful as this bit, is is the most is the most advanced um, and accessible motion um, and um, spatial transformation computing software that could has ever been invented, and realistically, for a long time, could could ever be invented in in a in this size. Mm. So yeah, there's a future where you go. We, we actually collaborate with AI because even if it gets it clever enough, it goes. I I just want to use that bit, please. I just, I just want to plug in. Mm. Uh, why, why would I bother spawning it for myself? I'll just ride on you. Um, yeah. So you could live on. It could live in an Apple headset. These things are all perfectly reasonable. But I, again, for me, it's not how I think about life. It's not that they're all 
it's it's a nice conversation to read a novel, but it's not something that keeps me awake at night. To be honest, mm. this this uh, and I can say why um, there was a very influential book on me, which I don't think was read by many people at all. But it was called Disruption, and mm. I'd left the University of Oxford done physics, and I was I was bright then. Um, now I can just remember being bright, but I was genuinely bright back then. <laughs> um, and uh, it talked about disruptive business models, and it really stunned me because I'd come out, you know, with this 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 desire, this urge, and come into this this, this business commercial world, and we're going to do amazing things. And it's talking about you, true disruption is to change one thing. So um, classic case, so Piggly Wigglies. It's, it's in so many MBA textbooks and stuff like that, but mm. Clarence Johnson invents the modern supermarket. Mm-hmm. So he, he basically, you go and get the stuff from your shelf. And there was a guy in the 1930s, Clarence Johnson was the guy who invented the piggly in the supermarket. There's another guy who invented the shopping trolley. Um, and uh, certainly when they started off this, the Clarence Johnson had to actually pay people to go around with the basket and get things and actually come up to the clerk because people didn't get the idea. They walked in and go, well, why is the clerk just standing in the corner? I just, I, he's mm. going to get my shopping for me. Um, so this was an incredibly disruptive idea that just like transformed like um uh, the, certainly the 20th century world and even with online shopping it's still predominant uh, as we stand here in the, this part of the 21st century but if you think about it, it's just one change mm-hmm. the entire way that you purchase that stock the logistics of getting the stock to his shop having a shop and the building around, none of that changed at all he changed one thing and he did one he made one change well and it stuck and i think ai or not ai maybe maybe even having ai will change the way that we disrupt and change and invent things going forward maybe i don't know but for the moment as we stand here in 2023 you still have to think of here's the world today what's the one change that i want to make that Mm. i think can be made and it can be made for the good of society and or commercially viable and or because it's legislatively required any of that but what's the what's the change and make that happen and the reason why i'm not particularly interested in particular you know i don't really care too much about these grand futures is because my the way i see the world is there's a series of these individual changes that mm-hmm. happen it's why for me com- communist command and control um, economies failed because they were trying at the top down to legislate what all the changes were whereas the market driven economy for all its faults actually recognizes the fact that people just make these individual pro- improvements or regressions depending so trial, on the trial and error and, and, trying to, and, and it comes yeah. up so where so it's more closer to natural selection and, and the, yeah. the, the way that the world organically works, right? Through through trial and error, what succeeds, for, you know, continues to to thrive yeah. and what doesn't, yeah. And with AI, this is not a new problem. So I worked for Sydney Water once and they were asked for their 30-year, you have to make 30-year plans in Sydney Water because mm. um, where you're going to lay your pipes. But the IT department was also asked for a 30-year plan. They had to do a 30-year plan. And the answer was, what did the internet, but it's like, it doesn't, we are, we are Sydney Water. You must have a 30-year plan. All right. <laughs> there you go. That's what we're going to be doing in the year 2035. You know, um <laughs> getting uh, people water. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Until we've unless we have completely up- uploaded ourselves, we will still need to get water. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the uh, uh, and I think to to have these broad predictions about what ai will and won't do in the future for me it's, you're having to guess or second guess where all these steps these small individual steps take you and where benefit is found and tracks mm-hmm. get taken down and and this is ai is not a new thing you know you 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 find that you know there's there's an advantage in advancing some aeronautics piece and then it's taken into washing machines you know and yeah yeah 
etc. Yeah. etc. Et There's not new tracks. I think I think people are just getting excited about it because being, it's well, it's being talked about uh, as much as it is. And but but you're right because there's still uh, a, quite a, a a chasm between you know what is currently being used, the language models, you know, stable diffusion mm. and things like that, and the types of AI that it, you know, that we were bringing up there and that others are talking about. Like there's there's a, there's a big, big gap there. Like, yes, people claim that the, that the gap maybe isn't as big as we think. And, you know, like we said about the joking around the three months, you know, whatever. But but um, but I think it's just it's exciting for people to talk about. Right. That's yeah. that's ultimately what it comes down to. But but the big question remains something that we talked about right at the beginning, though. Um, are you going to buy an Apple headset? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing to do with whether I think it's good or not. So I probably at some point I will, but absolutely not this year, shall I say? So not at that, at one, that price. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'm Scottish. By blood, I'm Scottish. Oh right, no, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. At that yeah, yeah. Uh, but when also it, when I, it's on uh, on sale, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very interested in technology, but naturally, my natural bent about you know I'm the CIO of of Shipshape. I naturally like fast follow. Right. Um, I'm not by my natural instinct, either in a business, uh, an IT development sense, or a personal sense, early adopter. Yeah. Um, also, on your curve, the 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 the, the trial, the trial. I'm not a trialer of new things. Um, yeah. I don't. I, I typically for technology, business ideas, personal things like that. I don't necessarily need to wait until mass market adoption. Mm. Um, but I want to see. I basically want to see. In the case of this, I just want to see some more apps on it before I bother buying one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit, um, a bit later in that curve than than yeah. than, than others. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Where did you? Which university did you go to? You mentioned that you went to uh, to Oxford. Oxford. Yeah. So Wadham College within Oxford, which was Wadham a College, yeah. wonderful experience. Um, uh, so I'm from Oxford originally, and okay. I yeah, and I I yeah, anyone who is ever willing to talk to me, uh, listen to me talk about Oxford, I, I will chew their ear off because I think it's one of the best cities in the UK. It's beautiful, and uh, I recommend it's it. Weird, anyone has is it? Why it's, is amazing, it it's amazing, but because of its very nature of the college ownership of so much of the land, yeah, it it, it has the best city in every single way except traffic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. When, when was the last time you were there? Because they've changed that quite significantly in the last. Uh, recently, actually, and actually, uh, as part of being involved with Wadham, I had a wonderful part to meet with one of the councillors of Oxford. He's the right. he's um lives in with and he um introduced a lot of the. Oh my God! I've forgotten the acronym. The thing of the, the traffic reduction um, policies to, to make the fifteen-minute city happen. Oh right, I don't know the acronym either. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's there's CPVs, which is your something parking zone, and then there's an L low traffic LTNs, low traffic neighbourhoods. Oh, okay. Blocking off a lot of streets of traffic. Yeah, yeah. Forcing <laughs> traffic down onto yeah. to, to roads. And this thing came 15 minutes. It was a very interesting thing because he gave a speech now. This was all public, by the way. It was out there. But he, mm. his personal reaction was obviously personal, so I won't reveal that. But, yeah, he was actually um, he was talking about how this this idea of a 15-minute city was just that he's a local councillor in Oxford. Uh, but it got it, it was an example of social media frenzy. So he the 15-minute city was also proposed by um, uh, Davos. And he was he was getting actual messages and threats about him being a, being a follower of Satan because he was introducing traffic, um, trying to introduce or him and part of the council. He was the spokesperson for the council yeah. for introducing traffic policies. And he did. He did say as well, they weren't all his. You know, it's just like he was part of a council. He, you know, he said, I he, he said, you know, 
I agree with some of them and not the other one, but the council came together and this was the collective set of, you know, new rules that we, we, we came out with. Mm. You know, some of which it was, so I'm not going to tell you which ones I, you know, really liked and really didn't, but, you know, and also they will evolve over time. Mm. But yeah, this out of nowhere, and he was on national news, it's just like this, this local city councillor who was uh, p- picked on, you know, um, uh, and getting it was very nasty for his family as well. Which is, mm. yeah. uh, so yes, I have been, I've spent some time in Oxford, um, uh, I was last there a few months ago, and I, I do maintain uh, uh, a reasonable level of contact with the college. Mm. Um, I think it's a, it, it just, young and go, I didn't realise how lucky I was to have been there. Mm. And mm. then I spent most of my life in Australia, I'm a dual national Aussie, and I came back to the UK, and I was like, oh, I, I got this incredibly blessed experience. And as you say, it's such a nice place to be, never mind study. Mm. Mm, yeah. yeah it's wonderful and the other because it's a nice place the prices you know we it, heaven forbid to two british people start talking real estate but literally that's a whole other podcast oxford oxford, oxford house prices oh my god a whole other two hours yeah jesus don't even get me started on that yeah, yeah. i mean rent you know, i i only ever rented when i lived in oxford thankfully but even that was painful enough um yeah. and god forbid you want to be anywhere close to the city center i mean jesus my my, my mother lives in uh vista um yeah. uh, vista village and that's um i mean that skyrocketed over the years i mean obviously very popular for people who want to uh you know shop uh designer you know discounted clothes as you know vista village and all that yeah um, but even it's a four thousand pound jacket discounted to two thousand pounds it's right. two thousand pounds <laughs> exactly so, exactly yeah. i've never bought anything from there <laughs> but, i uh, foolishly i'd never been there and my wife came over to the uk i said oh we'll go and you know, i'll go this, this, I'll, I'll be a, a good you know husband and let's take her out to this place and we'll get right, some nice yeah. stuff and it'll be on the cheap and it'll be designed i went there i go oh my god this was such a bad idea <laughs> yeah. uh, this isn't cheaper at all it's not tk max do you know what i mean it's not <laughs> Not what you Oxford think it is now my favorite place to shop but the yes. um yeah the thing about um uh yeah the thing about oxford house prices i explained this way to simple oxford house prices are so high that people choose to live in swindon i mean that's how bad it is <laughs> yeah yeah or reading yeah 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 oh, 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 oh hold on you can't put reading and swindon together no why like, not? oh no no like uh, there, 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 there's a descent into hell. there's levels of hell i'm like you know um and actually, my, my business partner is as uh, is, is um, from Reading actually, and he's 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 converted me to it. Um, yeah. And again, boring boring conversations, but you because of the because of Crossrail and Creative, you actually do go to Reading, and it's just a building site. They just it's sprouting, so it's, oh, really? uh, it's kind of, yeah, it's um it's it's not as it's and that is unless you've been there a while, it's not as I remembered it. Uh, I, yeah, I think yeah. the, the most recent time was a year ago, and that was at the train station for about half an hour, and that was it. And yeah. it hadn't looked like it had changed in twenty years, um, to be honest. When I was there, <laughs> but, uh, but, it's, but no, it's I, changing rapidly. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm, yeah. what I'm saying, it's a building start around that train station because they opened up the crossrail, the, the investment. You, but you can smell the investment coming in. Literally, you, oh, really? you, get up, you go walking through the street, you can sort of, you can hear it drill, drill, drills. So it's yeah, only got yeah. a little bit out from the station at the moment, but it's like you're right. This thing opened. There's a direct link through to Farringdon and to Canary. Mm-hmm wharf get the jackhammers out let's start let's start mm. putting some buildings up so it's quite interesting it is interesting and, and where, where do you live now where are you based now uh so um living sort of northeast london um chosen for but the business is based out of wales so, oh, really? so, so we're, we are we are a welsh business so um we have in all our our terms of work that uh we must coalesce into the cardiff office um oh. you know um times per week so i do spend so i i sort of live on greater western railway great western railway uh as mm. well um as uh as as home here but uh we were 
um, thinking of physically making the move there to make that easier. But there's reasons for my wife to be uh, around here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the business, um, so um, uh, I'm not a natural London boy. Cardiff's awesome, and I'm uh, really glad yeah. to do business there. But it's also just it's just a scope like to be it's like if you just go around beat park um yeah. wander off into punk kind of get something really trendy head down to panath go down to the pier um beautiful, and then beautiful just country the, and beautiful city. yeah and just the massive i mean talk about development you go from where the center is back mm. to the train station that's a full mile mm. and it's it's there's a lot to develop but you just watch it just like throwing up i mean that's a city really going well i hadn't been there until i uh came back in 2014 to the UK, so never been there in my life, so I have no oh, really? reference point in the past. But people have well, said, never been to you know, Wales at all. I had uh, once. I had been to. I was twice. Sorry, in my lifetime, I've been to Wales, and it had been to Pemby as the typical English tourist, and yeah. uh, when a uni friend lived out in Milford Haven, <laughs> the only people who chose to go to Milford Haven. Um, but um, the um, but came back on. Daniel, my business partner, is strong Welsh connection, so we we set up the the, the business there and. Cardiff is just it's it's a great place but um we've got other friends who emigrated to Wales like 20 30 years ago and said you wouldn't even recognize Cardiff like mm. it's when they got there were like it was it was really the end of that that fall off economic fall off that had occurred in South Wales mm. before the pickup and they said Cardiff just wasn't great and now and now but now you go you can't see anywhere it's, it's a wonderful place um, it's funny I had a um, I had an experience like that when I went to visit Belfast so my father is Northern Irish um from Belfast originally and um I did I did not not uh, it hasn't been part of my life since I was a kid but but um I remember going to Belfast when I was younger to visit obviously the grandparents and so on and it was a pretty dreary pretty dreary place at the time I remember that quite vividly right there was a you know this was going back a long time ago I must be about five or six and then you know it's still very clearly recovering from uh you know from you know the troubles and everything else like that but then I went back there must have been about seven years ago and it's completely transformed um and completely unrecognizable and absolutely stunning and you know but 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 one thing that, that never changed which is always I think what was the best feature about uh belfast and northern ireland in general was the people right just as welcoming friendly and and lovely as as before um but now they had this this new lease of life that they were able to yeah. be really proud of their city for the first time and, and, and you could feel it and they were and they would talk to you about it and they'd tell you oh you know we've done this and they and, they, and i've never been to a city where people were so proud of the developments and everything that they, that, that, that they had managed to achieve and it was yeah it was really nice to see um, my mother's a lime girl, so County Antrim. So, so my father's side of the family Scottish, mother's side mostly Northern Irish, and so mm. um, yeah, Lauren uh, just over there is the is is where she was from. Um, it's because it's the big port, basically. It's a port, yeah. and the the industry around it. So it's not. I don't think any, even the greatest fan of London says the centre of London is the prettiest place in the world. But County Antrim around it can be um, pretty stunning. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It's uh, it is certainly a place. I mean, obviously, say with same with Northern Ireland because of the troubles, you can get like uh, there's still, and and this happened in Glasgow as well. There's still the the strong remnants of sectarian feeling. Oh really? Happens, you know, so um, you go to like a Glasgow um, Rangers, Glasgow Celtic. Let's stick clear of Northern Ireland because that's like political bomb anyway. It's just Scotland somehow easier to talk about, even though it's it's it's, it's similar problems. Mm. Like you know, you get um, it's in my lifetime that the first Catholic player played for Rangers 
you know that's, right. that and at the time that was mo johnson was his name i remember that was massive news mm. and then the sectarian songs have been banned from the terraces you know um so, you know of celtic and rangers games but mm. they're still not far below the surface so i think um but yeah I, but i think even then you go to the people are proud of how they're pulling through that as well mm. Yeah. And you get certainly going back to Northern Ireland. I think one of the things is that there are there's a whole generation of people are coming through. You're just going like, I don't live any of that nonsense. I'm just not mm. going to. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah that, that's not for me. Mm -hmm. Didn't do, didn't do any of you any good. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean that, that I, I would say that it wouldn't take a genius to figure that out. But um, but uh, but but then again, I didn't live through that, and 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 so I, I wouldn't claim to understand. The sort of motivations behind what led to that you know what i mean I, I but but not not that i can see any justifiable reason for it either way but still um you know what i mean i, I wouldn't want to to speak on that but yeah no, but i mean very close to home my, my, me and my wife is um you know from ukraine uh, right. with russian speaking and ukrainian speaking family and right. you know, from the so you know, all these things you know, how did we end up here mm. i mean there's not there's my mother's northern ireland family but you know for my wife and my family is like how how did we end up here like mm. it doesn't take a genius to go this would this isn't a good idea yeah um, yeah but we're here yeah and we keep making the same bloody mistakes it seems as uh yeah uh yeah, I mean that's I didn't really realize your your, your wife's from Ukraine. Uh, she's still got family there, or, or they, yeah, yeah. Is, um, in Ukraine, as I said, so I, I, it, it's her business. And if you know any, but sort of you know, sort of Slavic people, you know, they're very very private. So I no, otherwise I'll get I'll get slaughtered by her afterwards. No, no, of course, no. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, but uh, uh, in general, yeah, it's um, you know, there, there's some in Ukraine and some in Russia, and it's mm. um. Uh, and growing up that wasn't a big deal mm, yes yeah. no, now it is so yeah, yeah. yeah. no no yeah yeah well I, I wanted to ask you about something that you brought up um uh, uh earlier which was um I, know, well, I want to ask you a couple of things but there was one thing you brought up which i wouldn't mind uh, knowing a bit more about because I, I i need recommendations you 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 mentioned uh you you mentioned uh that you'd got back into reading recently science fiction i'm curious have you got any recommendations there because if i uh, i'm looking for some new new things to pick up but I, I just keep picking up the same same ones and, I, and i'm a science fiction fan so oh gosh uh oh yes and i can't think of them uh one minute. <laughs> i put you on the spot sorry <laughs> yeah because there's been some there's, there's, well, because also just what we, where to start. So what's what's also you know kind of like just just obvious in in many ways. You know, just yeah. been read or by even, so many people. So or even anything else you're reading at the moment that, that 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 not just within the world, you know, in the realm of science fiction, but anything else that you think that I or anyone listening might be interested in. That, yeah. Well, I mean, just to, so you know, it's a, it's an older book now, but there's um tr truly great books. You know, sort of you know read throughout life. So there's there's a thing called Flying Balance by Rowan to the Mystery. Um, which I read a decade and a half ago now, but this is, you are, it's living and breathing, being in uh, Gandhi's, Indira Gandhi's um, 1970s India, um, living on the streets. Um, he was a Canadian, um, uh, second gen Indian person. So he got, he got kind of, he got a little bit in trouble from in India going like a, you've, it came up before Slumdog Millionaire, but got a little bit of similar criticism of being poverty porn. But unlike Slumdog Millionaire, which is just a ridiculous story, deliberately a ridiculous story, you know, you've got someone on the game show running with this. This wasn't that. This is just this is this was true gritty life just on the streets of, of India. And you get to the end of that and go, I'm so grateful just 
for everything and you know mm. uh, uh, being being alive um, but so those those are things that there's there's particular books that I found that um, are falling out of a book well it's a collection of books you just read it as one because otherwise the price is ridiculous that's um fallen out of I think a little bit out of fashion now falling out of time they're being slightly forgotten the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy oh great great book yeah yeah, uh, well, you, if, if you talk to so you know i'm i'm, I'm not going to ask you the rude question of how old you are but we've got some people who've recently graduated in the company and i go what and they go no seriously seriously it's an employment <laughs> i'm going to make it in the next people that join i'm going to have it in the employment contract yeah this totally. is a necessary thing you know you must have read this yeah um, i mean for me it's right up there with like if you know if you don't know what that is or what um monty python is we, we probably can't sit down and talk right yeah exactly <laughs> and, and I'm like, the, the interesting about hitchhikers as well is how well it's aged because monty mm. python stuff i remember um even before some of the recent stuff when it's not been as pc or um woke or whatever you want to call it so but there was yeah. um, some of it got banned long before that i remember in there was a canadian friend of mine that had never heard of python and mm. i played him the um some of the songs and it was Finland, 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 the country where I'm to be. And then I like Chinese and Jews. And he kind of listened to this and just went, is this just basically British people taking the piss out of foreigners for the entire, is that, is that the entire scene? I was like, oh my God, I hadn't realized how Pretty much, much it <laughs> was just that. Whereas yeah. the has actually has aged actually quite well. Yeah, um, yeah. And because it was never meant to be accurate sci-fi, the fact that you know, it's not like it wasn't even making a prediction about what happened in 10 or 20 years it was this utterly ridiculous thing the improbability drive mm. never know we'll say it's ridiculous no it turns out to be true yeah. um but uh, yeah those are those those that, that um I, I think i think it's it's it aged really well and it's it's very you know very very good i mean mm. there's the after that there's the classics to read everybody should read fahrenheit 451. oh really um, yeah ray bradbury so it's um uh the fireman is the main character yeah. he's burning it's burning books so if, if you have people talking about referencing and social media memes or stuff like that burning books you know as they're dumbing down of society it was ray bradbury his book Fahrenheit 451 where that actually comes from right. and that was uh yeah so definitely read that um other book recommends lucifer's banker um this was the story of the um swiss bank um uh um uh it was swiss banks and how they got fined two billion by the us for enabling uh tax tax complications with overseas accounts and it led to things like the FACA and um, crs regulations that come and we have to actually declare foreign accounts now no, that's okay. a brilliant book flash flash boys always recommend that so how why and how did high speed trading start and what does it mean it's not this mystery you know so that's particularly the first few chapters of that just absolutely amazing so yeah these are some of the these are those would be some recommended for you a very a very broad um sort of you've got a broad taste that i like that it's not you know some, sometimes when i ask people that it's very focused on on one particular area or at least they feel like they need to answer that way because of maybe their, their you know it also makes me sound more intelligent than i am i have read some absolute <laughs> shit as well i don't oh, know yeah said, there was some there's a netflix series the expanse please don't watch it. oh my god oh no 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 no, no. yeah it's I'm terrible yeah but yeah. i've actually read all because it's one of these things when you commit you've read the, i started them in lockdown so when you've read mm. like the first book and a half in lockdown you're like well i've got to finish it now and then <laughs> it was eight bloody books by the time they got what? through it i was like ah oh, come on just please finish the story this is absolute tripe no i saw um, okay. my only um my only exposure to that series is through reviews i like watching reviews of people rip shows apart and stuff yeah like that. And, and that there's 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 like a two hour long review of yeah. that ripping you know, every single point about it that's terrible um 
but yeah, no, I, I'll be leaving that one well alone, uh, and the books too. Um, yeah, so bad, so bad. But no, it's it's good to see it's it's a nice mixture there of things. I'll definitely check some of those out. Um, what I was going to uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, going back to to Shipshape VC. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, you you said about obviously what you've learned from this and, and how you're getting a really you know sort of a detailed pic picture of the the investment landscape. What I think this would be a good opportunity to to find out from from what you're seeing and the, and maybe the trends. What what information do you think um, you've learned that is useful insight that you could share with individuals out there who maybe are now considering raising? You know, what are you seeing any particular trends right now? Are you seeing anything? Because it's a very difficult landscape right now. We know that for for, for a lot of founders. So, so what what do you think that, that maybe, maybe founders need to be a bit more aware of that you're you're noticing that isn't isn't common knowledge that isn't something that that, that is is being talked about enough um, in this landscape to maybe I don't know, give them a bit of an edge or at the very least just just to inform them of it so they can be a bit more sort of aware of it going in. Um, I think I mean some of it would just be just repeating stuff that's on you know so many people's LinkedIn posts, but just to take some blindly obvious things geography. Mm. um so if i think there's things things that we don't have to worry about anymore so to, to our business is based in wales i said i happen to live in north london our business is based in wales and so hence i live on the the, the railway line yeah of the time as well um one thing we did notice if you go through a lot of the founder and startup businesses from wales go to their where they claim to be on on well, look go to a founder on linkedin very large ones will just say united kingdom Right. There's a thing I don't want to admit to having been regional, basically. You'd also mm. look at people claiming where they're from, phenomenal from London. Now, that's also true because London is an epicenter for many things, including startup businesses, so a lot are actually from London. Yeah. But there was this need to either claim not to be for the regions or claim that you're actually in London mm. um, when you're actually you're, you're not, you're in Peterborough or something you know, yeah. like this. Um, so I think one th one thing that I think is is genuinely changing is that isn't necessary. Um, to start with, it, it's also something that is not even necessarily that helpful right now because of the way as we you know things are tough, and if you're particularly startup, you're at the very early stages, you're, you're likely to want to be trying, and if not, then do so to combine grant funding with private funding. Uh, grant funding generally likes you to have private funding. There'll be some, we'll give you a grant if you get 50% match from private to come with this. Um, location, grant funding loves you to be from an economically deprived area. So if you say, I'm actually from this horrible part of Bootle, you know, or I'm in this really, you know, economically deprived part of North Wales. Um, yeah, oh, oh no, nobody's going to give money to a business in Swindon. <laughs> That's never going to happen. There's this little black hole in the middle of the country. Um, but, um, it's just on the policy documents it's like yeah so the uh but uh yeah the um uh, yeah, why aren't you in oxford uh so that's what that would be the first thing they would say so yeah, the, all, um, all the money if you're in from oxford <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. so the, mm. but the um no so i'm sure there's something nice about sweden i just haven't found it yet um so but the um <laughs> but yeah if you are from one of these sort of areas that are not you know going not as historically rich or you're know, practically rich as london i think uh it now is definitely the time to be talking about it because it will actually help rather than hinder uh um uh, oh it could 
help rather than hinder. There's yeah. certainly no need to, I certainly don't see, that I can see a need, even in the time we've been doing this and the time, you know, there was a need to basically proudly claim you're somewhere near the, you know, the um, uh, the roundabout in, in Old Street, uh, in mm. the middle of London, you know, um, hip tech center, startup culture, world central. Um, that certainly is changing. It does need to change more. We mm. still have, um, both in terms of central funding and private funding, this, this strong, this gravitational pull uh, towards London and, and venture capital in particular, and there needs to be more. But I think it is changing. We have the data to show what's, what's happening. It's one of the interesting things that we actually get. We can actually see the demand for capital uh, across various parts, and we can also see what oh, it's um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you know, that, that's something we can do. Um, the other thing is, I, I guess, um, and I guess it's, it's what we can get, I suppose, but um, and I'm very passionate about it. I, I'm not sure it's sort of related to your question, but um, I'll run with it anyway. So it's sort of an answer to your question that's something I'm very passionate about. So one of the struggles that we had when we first started Shipshape was classification. Um, and as an venture capital world and startup ecosystem, we're addicted to it with sometimes very bad consequences. So everybody wants it to be a fintech. Everybody still wants it, but everybody particularly wants it to be a fintech. And part mm -hmm. of the WeWork collapse story is WeWork got itself classified as a fintech and was able to justify staggeringly unrealistic multiples. Mm -hmm. But it never, it never was a fintech. But it's but because we the the way that it, the finance is allocated needs these tags these very simple high level tags so mm. if you're a fintech you're a medtech you're a regtech so as i said Dan, my business partner and i met daniel met and i met in a place which was um doing tax operations on automation so is that a regtech is that a fintech because it's it's like wait well, but you have to be you've got to be one of these and so you need to be one of the other which you want to be um and our argument around this is there's the, we call it this, this, this again, this, the sickness. So the, the sick codes that are given, you have, you have thousands of possible codes that can be given out. And most startups are just other technology services. Mm. They're not actually any of the things that are in there. Um, so I think there's a, a big thing. So we have this addiction, you know, what's top down labels. Um, and they're seen as needed because we must put out a report that says Britain, generated this much inward investment into fintech and mm -hmm. we're therefore showing that we're a powerhouse but what it is it's due to people funneling themselves into their own self-perpetuating label it was like with which with we work can actually have very negative consequences mm. what we as shipshake do is the other way is looking at the data so what we um doing as part of a search engine is you're actually looking at what what a business does so when you put in something as you did that being like green hydrogen or large language models or um, lithium-ion batteries or whatever it is like you know i'm a startup that has something to do with lithium-ion batteries i want to find evidence of investment of other people that have done the similar things what we have to do as a search engine is go and find portfolio companies of other investors um and actually see who's been in, who has gained investments mm. in a similar sort of space and say well these are the people invested in them of the of those firms here's who's talking about it so therefore you've got this evidence trail okay so you i do this you invested in a thing that's pretty similar we you know let's let's chat and i know i think you're the right person to talk to because you seem to be the person who's leading the charge on you know on, on talking about the stuff can, can, can we go from here as we said at the beginning you still need to establish a human connection but that's a good first start in so we have to look at that anyway and one of the things we spent ages going backwards and forwards and looking at topping modeling techniques which are now sort of everybody's like oh that was that was very exciting a couple of years ago and everything was like, oh, who needs that 
um, well, not not the story person on there. It's the, the Fatu Flipper. Not who needs that, but it's not it's not the um, it's not the acronym that everybody's excited about, you know, right now. Right. Um, uh, but uh, it, this the, the need to, the overwhelming need to classify is not helpful. What you want to do is find get the data to be telling you what is uh, what is this. So if you if you sit there going, I want to know in Wales how many businesses you know have or have got anything to do with you know car park manufacturing. What you're going to do is come to our search engine, you've got a car park manufacturing, and we can start surfacing all the things that are related to it and looking and go, here are here are all the here are the companies that hope that have received investment that are to do with car park manufacturing. And that's a natural consequence of just having to have the data to run a search engine. Mm. And it's all publicly available information. There's nothing, you're not doing anything malicious, you're not getting any anybody's secret information or dirty information. You're simply going around looking at people's websites and putting that, you know good old-fashioned crawling information but pulling that together and I think the the insight that we would like we would have and would like to have it is that verticals are bloody useless they just don't help anybody mm. um, other than an analyst who is having to put together a report for their boss who insists that there is a vertical mm. um, or a treasury official an analyst for a treasury official who insists there is a vertical in any real sense verticals just aren't helpful at all um, so yeah, I guess there's a, there's a couple of things. Mm, very yeah, very insightful. And and in terms of your platform itself, I mean, it it, it, it does a lot, right? I I remember playing. I I do actually I did actually log in previously to although earlier when uh, you know I went on it I wasn't logged in. I, I have actually been on it. Mm -hmm. There's it, it looks like it can it can do a lot. Obviously, uh, you can you can be quite refined with it as you said and and really sort of. Uh, hone in on what it is you're looking for. Have you got yeah. any sort of um, good tips on 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 how to get the best results out of out of using it? Oh uh, yeah, be be specific. So um, uh, actually, be a founder. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a tool for founders. I tell you, the people that really struggle using it is somebody who's like this is a so it's really really such an interesting thing. You got a founder, they come mm. in, they're going, "What is your business?" They'll tell you exactly what the business does. Yeah. Like, put that in and even you could make it a very long phrase if you even got it down to just a word put in i do this and da, 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 just put it in as a search for what you actually do mm. um the problem for, for founders but also they'll speak to like they so maybe speak to advice i can help you with your raise what do you what do you do fintech medtech martech right and then you if end you up put, with that problem you've literally just yeah. just talking about right so you can put into our search engine fintech or martech mm. and you'll get everybody who's just written the word fintech you know or, or, or had something about fintech. it doesn't actually help you very much mm. so be a founder because founders are much better this than the advisors the advisors helping with them just go oh, i need you i need you to i can only help you if you're gonna put, i want to know are you seed series a you know and pre-seed i want to know if you're, which cat which, which bucket can i put you in and then i've got a list of 500 people i speak to i'm going to spam your pitch deck out to those 500 people that i speak to in that bucket you know mm -hmm. and then hopefully one of them comes back and i can collect i can collect my fee um if you're a founder you go no no but i need to know someone who actually gets this a, a good example um wasn't my business i worked in this business um, but I, I knew the um ceo and founder reasonably well um was i worked at a company that did fx connectivity um as a, and so if you talk to any sort of um vc people about that they directed people doing payments or international payments it's like you don't get this business is about transferring data accurately in the fastest way possible within a data center and across mm. to another data center but particularly within a data center 
you're talking about how to shave, shave milliseconds and microseconds off transfer of accurate data transfer so that FX trading can happen. Um, that's the people who will get this business. Someone who's doing payments isn't going to understand this at all. Whereas an advisor sits there and goes, oh, you're you know, foreign exchange, payments stuff. Mm-hmm. So come in and doing something very, very specific. So you as the founder know, know exactly what you know who that person who's going to get your business. You just you can sit there and read it. So put in a very specific search term. One of the earlier things we had, and we were like, God, we got a hit on it, was mesenchymal stem cells. It wasn't even stem cell research. It was mesenchymal stem cell research. But there's not even because bugger me, there's actually a result. Bloody <laughs> hell. So um uh and it's like, yeah, there you go. There's an investor that's actually talking about mesenchymal stem cell research. Not, not as I said, not just stem cell research, but mess. It's like the two of you should talk as well. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, because um, certainly myself and you know, my co-founder, we did a lot of the initial stuff. Was we put it out online, but a lot of it was doing demo calls with people, um, mm-hmm. you know, getting their feedback, watching them use it, learning how to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I could say about our tool, just specifically, um, and we will do something on this later, but it's not a directory. So if you want to know, um, it was this way, we, on my search bar, I'm looking at my screen, it starts searching by topic to find investors and investments. Mm-hmm. What it's not built for, just to be clear, is you can't just go and write, you know, I'll pick one that begins with A so I don't get in trouble, Anthemis. Mm-hmm. And it'll do, it, it, you will find stuff, but it's not built as a directory structure. We, 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 we will come to that, but it's built as a search engine, not as a directory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and that is something, um, you know that people 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 come out with but yeah it, it's find that needle in the haystack we, we had lots of various attempts at trying to explain the idea it's like find a needle in the haystack you know the what three words of you know the venture capital world you know just mm. you know get 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 not just to the right street but to the right building but to the right desk yeah and, i like that that's, that's, a, that's, kind of, a that's nice, what we're getting to that's a nice way of putting it yeah so so essentially you know you you give it generalist uh, search parameters it will give you general yep. search results so, you know essentially yeah, yeah. in yeah. the same way as if you go to and it's it's a way of thinking though that it... oh you're uh yeah they just cut out yeah my co-founder calls them the slow pods uh so the um <laughs> what again what happens when you're driving with the apple glasses on and they well yeah. The, oh, the car stops on the M25. Um, <laughs> yeah, or just carries on on the M25. Yeah. Um, the, either way is bad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, what was, sorry, where were we? Um, I was saying about how, you know, you, you give it generalist search parameters, it will give you uh, general results back. But you were saying that, um, that, uh, I can't remember what you were saying. You, you, yeah, you were, I think you were about to make a comparison to, to, to like other, yeah, other so search engines, essentially. It's, it's, it's it the is same sort of thing. thing. It is a thing. It's, it's a thing about, so this is why founders are better at it, because they just want to get to the answer. If someone's right. generally looking at stuff, they'll go, well, they almost start off with a, this is why I said the industry being stuck in the 90s, it was fascinating when we started the business. People were still thinking in terms of Boolean search. Right. Uh, and they were thinking in terms of narrowing that. I'm going to a database. I'm going to add a data query that filters. So I'm going to start off with the United Kingdom. Mm. Then I'm going to put down England or Wales or Scotland. Uh, and then I'm going to put down financial services. And I'm going to get, this is how people who mm. are using data systems and have used them all their lives come into. And that was one of the problems we have with the search. And it was like, you just, just where, 
stop telling me now now mm. you don't go when you go to look for a restaurant you don't just go tell me all the restaurants in the uk that is useless to you you're on a yeah. street in the pub you're hungry you want to know like i want i want chinese and i am here click mm. yeah. you're, you're, you're trying to find the fastest route to something as opposed yeah. to all of the the the, the 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 ways of getting there you want the, yeah. the, the one that goes straight to it yeah whereas the founders when they use it and this is why if you look at our usage stats as well we we target our marketing this way but it's also people who are just i think i think it's the morality coming up the founders get it because i don't want to know but again i'm in the pub i want a chinese i'm here and i want a chinese i have no interest in how yeah. many restaurants are in the uk that is no, nothing to do with my use case whatsoever mm -hmm. i want to i want to know exactly uh, what, what i want so they're brilliant at it because they come in and just go like i need to know about um uh these diesel diesel emission reduction technology mm -hmm. and they just write that in and yeah Bang! Results come out. So, well, look, I, I mean, I can tell you straight off the bat, I'm going to be using it as a founder of a, of a, a SaaS product in stealth currently. Um, that, that this is going to become very useful in the next few months for for us. Um, so, I'm excited to to actually be using it. But I mean, I think even what you said though, it's, it's still useful for founders who are listening to this who may, maybe not heard it. You know, the, the good good advice on good best practice on how yeah. to utilize it and maximize the sort of the results from it. But um, yeah, it's very, very, it, it's really, uh, I can see it being quite groundbreaking. I mean, how long has it been? You, when did you launch? So we um, launched like full public version September, end of September the 30th last oh, year. Oh, really? Okay. So, yeah, it's pretty new. Um, yeah. We worked, we started working on the technology. So talking about, you know, support we've been given, which is fantastic. So we got an Innovate UK grant mm -hmm. in November 2020. And then we also had support from um, Smart Cymru um, and a, a whole series of wonderful angel investors and um, also the University of Wales Trinity St David has been an active supporter and given us some press, press support as well in Swansea. So, you know, just um, a lot of support from a lot of people. So, but we were, we were in build mode mm. um, in 2021. We had basically, you know, sort of a... I'd lovingly call it a beta product, but I think it was, you know, even that was was pushing it. It certainly wasn't MVP, you know, right. was out there, but we were pushing that out and seeing, you know, can we sell on beta? You know, can we get come out and where are we? But and, but out there talking to a lot of people, getting a lot of usage. And then that formed us into the, that was through 2021. Then 2022 was getting the, the product out, basically. So mm. which, which we launched in September the 30th last year and then you know so user numbers increasing roughly 100 percent a month which is great coming up so but um so just 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 getting out there and continuous product improvement so there is actually a significant um upgrade we're doing uh to the back end so there won't be too much visibility in the front end but on the back end next week mm -hmm. and the ability to take the uh the data global as well so at the yeah. moment uk data that's on the system but as I said, one of the things we're passionate about is that location only matters if you're doing things in an old-fashioned shitty spray and pray way. Mm. You know exactly that you've got something that an in, uh, you know an investor in the west coast of America or Sydney, Australia, like this. Is, oh my God, mm. this is that you know they're talking about these things. You can get on the phone, and it may be like a really awkward time zone conversation. They're going, "That that's the business." You know, yeah. I get you. So, um, yeah, the upgrades we're doing um, next week also expand the data set to be global. And we're really excited about that because. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I don't need to tell you. I mean, you, you can you can go through a list. I mean, there are lists out there floating around you. All of my LinkedIn posts is filled with, you know, DM me and I'll send you a list of 6,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, but it, 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 but um, it's actually quite interesting. So why did Shipshape not exist before? It's also because the growth and scale of, it was interesting it didn't come up till now, but it, it certainly wasn't needed in the noughties. Mm. It just weren't, you, you didn't need a search and you need a search engine where there's just the sheer number of participants and data available and the, the network that you're trying to navigate across gets to a certain size. Mm. And it only, this only came up in the UK, the, you know, the, the tax change for the SEIS and the SEIS and EIS um, framework, but the general cultural change of actually acceptance of um, startup as a, a reasonable career to be in rather than mm. something just smelly uni, smelly uni students, you know, um, did and then they went and got proper jobs. You know, so this that that cultural change has happened has has caused this boom in the UK, and obviously the US was was ahead in that. But mm. now you've got to the stage where there just are, um, uh, you know, a, a large number of people involved. So if you're talking about like you know just people on the investment teams of you know investment entities that you'd want to be talking to, you need to go. You're talking about tens of thousands of people mm. and each one of those investment entities um has invested over a time on average you know sort of we found actually funny it's 16 isn't the average uh, so far of the number of portfolio companies per investment entity that we've actually discovered mm. and again the portfolio companies are really important signal because you sit there going okay this person's talking stuff but have they actually invested has the company mm. they work at invested in anything that's related to me um Another thing, by the way, AI that well, AI solve, will solve in the future, but it's actually too hard to do at the moment is the identification of maybe able to solve in the future. AI may be able to solve that. But the view, the only person who can have a really good view of whether the. So let me take this back. You find a company that's been invested in you. Oh, it's really close to me. Mm. You find his investment. It. You have to decide, is that friend or foe? Right. Yeah. Are they too close? Yeah. Is there a conflict of interest? very subjective and some of it isn't subjective like they actually do exactly the same thing as i do that's not subjective and in fact that's yeah. a problem because I, I thought i was the only person doing it in the world and now i've discovered there is someone doing exactly the same as me and i'll bugger that is series a last year and i'm still a pre-seed mm. you know that's a problem but more more commonly it's like it's close but it's not quite mm. and it's the founder who has to make that decision about yeah i'm actually comfortable sharing my data and with this person um but the portfolio mm. companies themselves are really strong signals and there's just the, the, you know we're, we're talking about six figures worth uh, you know of portfolio comes to search to so you need search technology to actually take you through this mm. so we're kind of astounded like you know we're out there we're doing it and we're growing this and there's nobody else doing it in this way um uh, which kind of astounds us sometimes but on the other hand maybe not because we now know how bloody hard it is to do mm. uh, this or the introduction of all this um coming back to the beginning of the uh, the cast would the introduction add to the technologies that are around now um in terms of generative ai blah 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 um been around even in 2021 when we started developing first lines of code for this you know would it would it have meant that we could have turned this around in weeks no mm. um, it's also to do with my my personal views on moat or not. There's no such thing as a. There are very few businesses that have a single killer moat. Um, the moat for Shipshape is that there are a long series of things that take three days each to do. None of which are on their own a moat, but the collection of everything that we've done and the integration of it together. That's the that's the moat. Yeah. Um, and it's also why it's hard to do. And say, yeah, we of course we could 
could do some of these things quickly. But again, going back to the, without riffing up, going back to the earlier point, it's not as if code generation has actually got invented this year. Like, uh, you know, so a lot of this stuff was there beforehand. Terraform was there beforehand. GitOps was there beforehand. Flux was there beforehand. You know, so you still had to do the work, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, what uh, you, you you so you mentioned about how the excuse me how the platform works at the moment. So I, I'm interested to know. Um, obviously, you're you're that point of being able to point people. You know, essentially, a platform can point people in the right direction. Like you said, search results to be able to 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 find the individuals that that, that you would want to ideally connect with as a founder. Does the platform then? Is there any way the platform's able to uh, sort of track whether or not these these pairings have been you know uh, developed into a successful investment i mean presumably that's now that's now all off platform so you don't you don't have any way of tracking whether or not you're you're making successful introduction or providing results sorry that leads to successful um, investments or, or are you somehow managing to do that in another way uh, as we're choosing not to at the moment because we wanted to make it the least in it there was no solution we could come up with that didn't feel like an intrusion or asking people to share data. Right. There may be a there may be a future when there's a recognition that people sharing that data, and obviously you have to make it incredibly easy to do, or nobody will actually do it. Mm. Or it has to be um, signals uh, signals to do it, so to to come through. Um, uh, then you then then you could do that mapping later. There also there is obviously a way of doing it in the UK, sort of, because we have this thing called Companies House mm. in the UK. Even though it's not an exact match, because the investment you can find invest someone gets introduced to someone as a company, they don't make the investment. Then that person moves to a different company. That company is actually then makes an investment from that initial in, uh, investment. But Companies House has actually got the name of the LP, for example, behind it rather than anything else. There's, there's a series of, even then with Company House data, it's not a, a, a perfect thing. But globally, um, that would be, where's the data source to actually do that? But I think it, in general, we decided that we didn't want people, we didn't want people to feel that they're being cracked. Yeah. So the best way to do it was don't. Mm. Like you know, you can come and use this with freedom. And, yeah. Um, you know. Well, you, yeah, and then presumably you would have to, in some way, um, build part of the platform that, like you said, that essentially tracks that entire journey, which yeah would be would 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 feel intrusive and be be a high friction experience, wouldn't it? But I suppose in some ways, don't it is possible to, but only when yeah. it has to be demanded. Basically, demand rather than us forcing it on people, it needs to be demanded. It's like. Um, basically turning it, this is a, it's a sales process, turning it into a CRM, so you're putting a CRM system on top of right, this, right. Um, and then go from there. But people, there are CRMs, that, like from us, I'm simply saying, why, why, I don't want to be made to use your CRM system. I've, sure. I've either got I've either got one, which is Excel or HubSpot or Zoho or whatever, or, you know, mm. if I'm working at a place with lots of money, I might have a Salesforce one, but I don't want to type, I don't want to force I love the, I love the fact that that's still the, a thing that people say <laughs> about yeah. Salesforce as well. Like, if you're rich, yeah, Salesforce. <laughs> but yeah, but like, uh, you can come on to our thing. So we, we went for this, we had, uh, we went all the way through the early iterations and just went back going, it's why if you look at our thing, it's a search bar, it's a very classic search bar. Another mm. company may have a search bar that might be bigger than us, there might be a search engine. I'm not sure yeah. if I can name them, but you know, search bar in the middle. Our search bars even got, got rounded edges on the side of it, mm. a million mm. as a search bar. Yeah. So people come onto it and they go, that's a search that's a search engine that is mm. and you know how easy it is that you just use you you go on you get what you want your service straight away 
wanted to make the in the user experience as simple as possible for the user just lowest low don't put bars don't put barriers in the way of people trying to yeah. use the solution but it's like you said if you go down the route then of adding a crm and these other elements i mean you are straying from what you mentioned at the beginning which was that you, you know you're now no longer you know doing one thing extremely well you're now you know trying to balance doing two things yeah. extremely well and inevitably that means you you don't you end up doing two yeah. things mediocre or, or yeah. good but not well exactly. so you'll focus on this and, and and i think yeah i mean if that's something you want to come back to then great but but i suppose that the the, the, the other if i can just know, riff on that one more point which sure is sure first, which is um people who would do that you know people who are you know, uh, um, because there's a lot of, as I, I, I dissed some of the bad advice, we've got a lot of very good advisors that we also know and, you know, work with, and they will refer us because we're not cutting their grass. Mm. So we basically want to be the search, and then everybody else is doing that. Just just use us as the backbone. Like, yeah. um, and sure, at some point in the future, you might decide differently, but like, I don't think we would because hopefully there are enough people just using us and referring mm. people through to us that, the best commercial thing for us to do is not cut their grass. We just, because then there are partners in that case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting because, like, my uh, so there was two recent experiences that I had um, of, of, of that are a great example of, of of someone trying to do uh, well something claiming it can do lots of stuff poorly compared to something that's just you know concentrate on doing one thing really well i had yeah. uh, so my wife went and bought some we're, we're getting some decking done it's actually the bloke's actually out there today and we have to get it treated and uh you know so i was like right you know when you're going shopping can you pick up some some uh, some uh, some treatment for it and some oil you need the two right. processes and, and then she's at the shop and she calls me and she says oh there's a two-in-one thing i was like nope don't get a two-in-one because because the chances are it's going to do both of those things badly compared yeah. to, to 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 something. It's a, yeah, but it's cheaper. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like get the two yeah. and seven. And the, and the other example of that is actually sort more software related, which is there was this company that approached me recently, um, as is often the case. You know, plenty of DMs trying to sell me stuff, whatever. But what caught my eye was that they claimed they could do a massive list of things: CRM, project tracking, invoices, expensing. Um, like it was basically Trello, HubSpot, like all of these tools that I use, but in one. And I was like, well, if this is true, I no longer need about 30 different tools I'm using. This thing can do everything, even Slack, team, you know, everything. And I was like, this sounds too, big, too good to be true. I have to see what this is all about. I jumped on the demo, one of the worst demos I think I've ever been on. <laughs> um, and, you know, while the product was sort of somewhat impressive, it was it was just doing everything badly like they had, didn't have anything in there that was making me go wow you know it was a terrible crm it was a terrible expense tracking it was a terrible invoice raising it was all just i mean you know it did the stuff you expected it to do but it wasn't great you know yeah. and 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 not only that but it wasn't helped by the fact that the the the, the, the you know the people who were doing it weren't very good at selling and weren't very good at demoing and all that but that that just felt like okay well this is a systemic problem in your company then because of it you also have not only a generalist product but a generalist approach to the people who are in your company yeah. as, as a result so so now i have no trust in your company's ability to do anything well especially not even the they said they were going to send me a access to a a trial account that was that was last week i still haven't right. heard from them Right, you know what I mean. So it's just like, yeah. So so I I am I am on that train. Do something really 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 fucking well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, 
it's it's really exciting. Look, we're, we're out of time, and I know you probably need want, want to uh, get out of here because I've, I've been chewing you, or you, you know, we've been chewing each other's ear off now for quite a while. Um, but but really quickly before I do, what does the future look like then? For you've obviously alluded to a bit bits and bobs of it, but what what, what would you say the future is for Shipshape um, uh, now? Looking looking ahead for the next you know couple of years. Uh, so definitely. Um, <laughs> Excuse me, that was poorly timed. Well, no, I'll just keep it so. so you know, bless I'm you. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, taking taking this thing global. So taking this thing global and yeah. just being the known people for as in this one thing. There's lots of other things that will happen off the side of it, but I think that that's not the main focus. Is um, uh, uh, for us is staying on track basically. So um, yeah, add US data, add data from various places you know around the world. Be the place where because. Um, what you can't do on a system at the moment, for example, but you will be able to do very soon is also look at individual pieces of funding news. So, and again, we just want to be that place, and we think we can be that place in the next couple of years. Nobody will come anywhere else other than this, because if, if we do it right, and we're intending on doing it right, and fingers crossed we do, um, because we've got, we've spent this time building a technology foundation that can allow us to do so. Um, so as long as we build on our own foundations correctly we might not <laughs> but we try as long as we build on our foundations correctly we'll be able to produce something that is just a no-brainer for people um and it, it's it's a closed ecosystem but in i wouldn't I'm, i don't know if we're going to ever be a verb in the way of, of like googling things but i'd like it to be just you know the next couple of years it'd be a no-brainer to do this thing mm. people just come to you they don't think about it they just come on us and they just yeah. ship shape it yeah, just ship shape it. Yeah, no, that's only, you, you've got to start just using the word, and then people will like you use it as yeah. a verb, and then people will, you know catch on. I'll start doing yeah. it. You start doing it. Yeah, but, all right, uh, deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but look, I, I, I honestly, I think I, I could um, speak for another two hours on this. I, I, I would still, and you know, maybe in the future we'll have to get you back on again, and and you know, you know, as Love things you. have progressed see where things are because if i i would still have in my brain a ton of questions about what you guys are doing and would could easily get in you know really deep in the weeds on it but i'm going to let you go um thank you so much for jumping on i really appreciate it and um and yeah we'll, we'll keep in touch and, and i'll be following along very very closely um like i said for, for my own selfish reasons as well as just being a huge tech startup geek um so um so yeah thank you so much for being here i really appreciate it no, great. Thank you. Um, it was a very enjoyable time. So, um, and I hope that uh, your listeners, well, it'll be interesting, particularly in the beginning part, there was um, all sorts of ideas being bubbled around a little bit by you, but mostly by me. It'd be interesting if, if you get some comments of guy, that guy's an idiot. What's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, don't anyway. worry. So far, so far, comments uh, as of the, the fact that it's a very young podcast, comments are limited anyway. But uh, <laughs> if we do get them, I'd imagine it would be mostly about me. <laughs> like, why didn't you ask? Why didn't you ask him this? You had a really intelligent guy on, and you asked him about that. What the fuck are you asking for book recommendations? What are you doing, you idiot? You know, what I mean? well, you know the answer. Have you? I am not answering your question until you, have a, until you have stated and proved that you have read the Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're not allowed to comment unless you yeah. have some proof. Yeah, and that you went to Oxford and you're not from Swindon. Yeah, uh, yeah. All All right. Right. Have Thank a lovely day. So, yeah, enjoy the weekend. You too. Bye bye. Thank you for watching and/or listening. Please like, subscribe, and join the conversation in the comments below.